Hello, everybody, and welcome to the season finale of season 10 of Sequelizers. I am your host, Jack Chambers Ward, and joining me, it's Matthew Stogden. I renounce my pitch. Thank God for that, <laughs> finally. We'll all get our powers having, back. I haven't even heard it yet, but you know what? <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of wonderful men, it's Tim Matum. This is the DCEU, Jack. Oh, no. It means no movie can cross it, all right? This franchise has been here for nearly a year, and they've barely left pre-production, all right? Because on the other side, there are a bunch of fanboys pointing Twitter accounts at every square inch of this place. This is not something you can cross. It's not possible. Tim, I love that. Fuck it That up. was great. <laughs> that was good. And you're not wrong. It's the other thing. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> because this week for our season finale, we are talking about 2020s. Getting very modern here. Wonder Woman 1984. Don't worry, we s- summarize all previous 193 no, <laughs> 1983. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my are full of 1983 previous. People immediately Wonder, check Wonder the Woman. runtime of this and go. 19 hours, Jesus. (laughs) When people complained about our Sex in the City 2 episode being too long, just you wait. You knew nothing. Considering you synopsized an entire TV show. I did. did. I'm going to do it for the entire Wonder Woman TV show, the entire DCU. Fuck off. No, I'm not. No, this is Jack talking. (laughs) When it comes to synopses, I do bare minimum. (laughs) Jack's synopsis is just, shit happens. And in the next one, more shit happens. More shit happens. What do you want from me? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mentioned last week we covered Sex and the City 2. We brought that upon ourselves. Before that, Mm. Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2. And they're significant, A, because... Sex and City 2 has a commentary with it, so you can watch it along with us and suffer along with yeah. us as well. And Paul Black Cop 2 was an executive producer pick. And then we followed up with something fucking terrible of our own volition. Yeah. Because we're maniacs. Yeah. yeah. But if you would like to hear the commentaries, if you'd like to become an executive producer, you can go to patreon.com slash sequelizers and basically get ad-free episodes, early access to episodes, the full pitches, so you can go and read this pitch in full and read along and get all the links to all the IMDb if you're trying to work out who the actors are and all that kind of stuff. It's very handy. I know quite a few people are like, oh, who's that guy in that thing? And oh, that 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 lady from that film or the TV show, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's really we, useful. We include all the links in our cast list on the full pitch on Patreon. So if you are a patron, go and check it out. And if you're not, go and join patreon.com slash sequelizers because you also get exclusive merch, discounts on merch, and if you go to the highest of the tiers, you can become an executive producer like these fine folks have done. Xenos. Well, aren't you resourceful? Philip Morgan. We're wasting precious time. James McDowell. I just learned that. <laughs> Josh Miles. He's a loser. Hyper Dude Man. I've never wanted anything more. Stuart Main. I wasn't talking to you. Jonathan Firth Clark. And don't you ever believe a word that man said. He's a liar. And he's wrong. Josh van der Sluis. I'm already gone. And Marcus Lindstrom. Listen, you have no idea what you're dealing with. I'm not what you think. Thank you for your support, executive producers. You made the past 
well, like five seasons possible I think, <laughs> since we started our Patreon, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. That. Ooh, yeah, we're coming up to the end of season very soon, kicking off with a banger. There's some really interesting interseason stuff coming up, including, as I said before, picks from executive producers mm. coming up and a vote from the patrons as well. Yep. We're going to talk about. Well, next week's episode is kind of tangentially linked to this one. Yeah. Yeah. Loosely. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love when we say this and everyone's like, fuck are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> we said that so many times people are like what the fuck are you talking about they're both like, movies yep. it, it had a mall in it you're like, oh you motherfuckers <laughs> counts exactly and that actually ties up with this film because yeah. Wonder Woman 1984 huh? also huh? has a mall in it there's a little tidbit for you we'll, we'll get to yeah why do you look like that Matthew there's no mall in the film thanks mate. no in this, this yeah moving on this one <laughs> yeah I know it's alright but yes, we will get to the interseason and stuff next week. Yes, yes. Before we get to season 11. The looming season 11 already. Mm. I, got, I got a question to okay. start with, okay. if you don't yeah. mind. Sure. Uh, when we recorded our Justice League ting, yeah. <laughs> the Snyder Cut four-hour yes. extravaganza, was that before or after this film had come out? Ooh. That's a very good question. Because I feel we... Why did you throw that at me well, right now? Well, the reason I ask, and I'll, I'll cover for you, Jack. Um, the reason I ask is because I'm sure we would have made a comment about the DCEU up until that point, all the various bits and pieces. Obviously, Justice mm. League technically, technically was released before this. Yeah. The Snyder Cut came out probably after or around the same time. And at the same time... Um, Chronologically speaking, this film comes first. So I don't think we've discussed it because of what we're about to come into when we saw these films, respectively. It came out Christmas 2020. Mm -hmm. Did Wonder Woman 1984. Yes. We recorded the Snyder Cut in April 2021. Yeah. I so, was going to say, I'm pretty yeah. sure the Only Snyder just, Cut came out yeah. after. So like four or five months afterwards. But yeah. yeah. The reason I say that is because... Uh, obviously, some people are saying like, well, why won't you do a... Or why aren't you going to do a... Um, an MCU-style three-part breakdown for the DCEU stuff. Mm. And here we are talking about a DC film, etc. Yeah. again. Like we did in a weird way with like some other bits and pieces down the line. Mm. Now We've covered Batman already. Precisely. And bits mm. and pieces, yeah. But the reason we said was because that's not a similar beast. It's such a discordant, um, unyieldy thing, yeah. which is constantly shifting like a chimera of ideas in the same way that the Snyder films exist and James Gunn's The Suicide Squad exists and this film exists and Joker exists mm. all at the same time. Now, yeah. normally for any other franchise, that'd be a normal thing because they all mm. would be un non un un not connected. But say, oh, how would you fix it? How's the franchise going? It's like, no, because we're watching someone literally reverse or parallel park like fucking Austin Powers. Bang, bang, <laughs> bang, bang, yeah. bang, bang. Every now and again makes a bit of progress and then undoes it so yeah. it's a hard one to gauge so we might have given opinions in that that justice league episode but not about this specifically i hadn't seen this if, film at yeah. that point there we either. go exactly yeah yeah it's like if obviously this is not the case but for for argument's sake if the david ayer suicide squad had been great Oof. and then release, of release Prey the Aya cut. and the James Gunn, the Suicide Squad, mm. had been bad. It's yeah. like, well, hang on. So which one of those counts as the sequel? Or are they both a sequel? Are they splitting off in opposite directions? 
and and, 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 and even within yeah. even within those three films, Harley Quinn, even though she's all played by Margot Robbie, is kind of a different character in each film. Very much so. Um, and weirdly enough, the one that's had the biggest cultural footprint is the worst of those films. I Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, in the sense, that I I it really won like, an Oscar, Matthew. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I I like I love Birds of Prey, and oh, I really like Suicide Squad as a film. I like both those films. The mm. Suicide Squad. Thank you. Yes, Thank I did. Suicide Squad is not a good film. It's very flawed, very problematic, and very mm. troubled. But a, a, a mess because of production. Yada yada yada. Mm. But the one that has made the impact, weird enough, is Suicide Squad. Yeah. It's very surreal. Um, until potentially Lady Gaga plays Harley Quinn. Yeah, in, in a in couple of years time. Musical. Fucking fucking sake. Um, so yeah, what, what is happening? I don't. That, that's that's the question, Jack. What is fucking happening? <laughs> so with this film specifically, and this this is actually genuinely integral to this whole thing. And my not necessarily Ace Attorney style defense for this, but objection, I'm, objection, or in the Japanese version, yeah, um, <laughs> just, no, just no, um, yeah. So so, Wonder Woman and 1984. The two separate respective movies. It's so hard to even call this an, a single narrative and a sequel. It's so hard to justify that it is a franchise piece because everything feels so tangentially separate. But equally, you could watch these two films with no knowledge of the rest of it. Like, you don't Absolutely. need to have seen. Batman versus Superman. You don't need to have nope. seen Justice League. I know there's a little bit at the beginning of the first, first Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman that's with a flashback, the photo and so stuff, entirely yeah. unnecessary. Of course, um, everyone forgets it's there. Thanks, Bruce Wayne, and that whole yeah. weird thing. Like yeah. these two films stand alone yeah. as a pair of films. Yeah, true, in a, true. In a series, it's the kind of thing we usually come across. Whereby here's one tonal film, and then there's a really weird tonal film. But the second one, and you're yeah. like, oh, that's a different direction. Yeah. And sometimes people are like, I like it. Some people are like, I don't like it. Most people did not care for this film. Yes. Um, but to do our usual, I saw Wonder Woman in the cinema. And I saw Wonder Woman 1984 in the cinema. Uh, that's my review. You, you braved the peak. Yeah. Of, well, not. Yeah. Hey, uh, it Christmas was, 2020 it, yeah. was the it one. Was, was, it was remarkably bad. We uh, just didn't know it was There was a bad. lockdown on Boxing Day. That is. Yes. It was, it was, yeah, yeah. That was like, for those who had COVID or affected by it or lost someone to the COVID thing. I don't want to sound insincere because, or, or flippant because January 2021 was some of the biggest spikes all over the world. I think the deaths in the start of 2021 were grander or bigger than they were in all of 2020. It was, well, was really bad. That was the delay from the, everything's fine, just have Christmas. Yep. And then we're going to lock down on Boxing Day. So everybody fucking went and saw their families for Christmas. Yeah. Because they knew mm -hmm. they were going to be locked down for yeah. the next few weeks. And, and spread it nice and wide. Yeah. And yep. there's that delayed onset of a couple of weeks. So like, right, you yes. said there, Matthew, the first, it was like the 9th or 10th of January. It suddenly went ba-boom and went mental yes. here in the UK, at least, obviously, because of how our government handled the whole thing. Yes. Um, they made all the big decisions and they got them correct, apparently. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but the point he's is... He's doing his best as old Boris. Of course he is. Fuck off. Do his way best out of the back door and into a bin. <laughs> and um, maybe you shouldn't be working here. <laughs> yes! <laughs> anyway, point is, the couple of weeks prior to when one was in the cinema, it was a relatively quiet release, but it wasn't crazy quiet. Yeah. Um, I And that was the, oh God, we can go outside before there's another lockdown moment. Right? Absolutely. Like, yeah. Now, yeah. I went to the cinema to see it. I went, oddly enough, with John Firth Clark. Ah. Uh, executive, producer, executive producer John Firth Clark. Um, he had... A very different uh, reaction to me. 
but entirely justified one, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, I, my wife didn't come along. She was like, no, nah, I'm not going to cinema for that. I said, that's fair enough. I wouldn't have either. Mm. I didn't. Yeah. And, and then, then it, and then it came out on HBO Max in the US on box, uh, Boxing Day, Christmas Eve, it was something like that. Day of release. It was, that, oh, was, that it, was, box, it was. I was going to say, because I came it was home a Christmas and I watched it with my wife. Right, yeah. yeah. It was a Christmas Eve release and yeah. it came out on HBO Max day and day. Yeah. So I watched it again with my wife basically on HBO Max somehow. I don't know how. I don't know. Watched this film twice. I did uh, to see what, what my wife's reaction was, and her reaction was, "Oh, all right." I said, "Yeah, that's my reaction." So John Firth Clark did not care for the movie at all. Very unhappy with it, and nothing wrong with that response. How how does Mister Firth Clark feel about the first one? Would movie? Do you know? Good question. I think he liked it. I can't okay, remember exactly. I'm afraid. Oh. Sorry, John. Check our Discord. Oh well, yes, just shortly after this episode, yeah, if you get some <laughs> angry messages on the Discord. If you want to talk to most of the EPs and other fine people, go to the Discord. Yes, um, which and you can us... find on our website. So go to, go exactly. to superlizer.com. There's a link there for the Discord. It's nice and easy. Yeah, sometimes we even put the Discord in the show notes. If I remember, sometimes <laughs> I do. I think I might. Anyway, <laughs> point is um, that I didn't dislike it, and uh, for spoilers for later, I guess. Wonder Woman, I gave a four out of five. I thought this is a really, really good DC. This is the first good DC film. I'm glad that it's this one that's doing it. And I know Jack is making faces because he disagrees. Um, we'll get to me in a minute. Exactly. And I gave the second one a three out of five. Because I, but my review was still glowing because I still enjoyed lots of it. I think I see what they were going for that it just didn't get there. Um, so that's me. I've I've been here the whole time there is however a, 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 i've been here the whole time i've been here the whole time says the 150 year old man i've been here the whole time <laughs> so if you're wondering why it's it a mess the dawn of cinema. <laughs> but that being said almost a weird testament to this film or, or, or a reverse version of up on my collection there oh look the suicide squad there it is wonder woman 1984 isn't there yet i don't own it yet because I was just like, eh, I'll get round to it. And like, oh, so I didn't like it that much, considering I've got some you real You own a dreck. lot of shit. Exactly. Through your completionist nonsense. Exactly. Yeah. I own all the Transformers films. Actually, I, I next to the Suicide Squad is Suicide Squad. Oh, God. See, I'm, I refuse to buy shit I don't like. <laughs> That's fair. I have no completionistness in my body, basically. I'm not yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I'm not that fussed by that shit. If I like, say for example, I really like the first Transformers film. I don't, but say if I did, I would not then feel compelled to buy the other four. Say you wanted Bumblebee. I would just buy Bumblebee by itself. Go. That's fair. Yeah, like This is the only mm. good one. That is the right answer to be fair. Five yeah. are fucking awful. Matt is just a slave to capitalism. I mean, that's accurate. Kind of, yeah. Kind of. Well, yeah. A certain wing of it. He says, looking around at all the stuff on his walls. <laughs> um, I can't question. You've seen my living room. Yeah. Some of them, the listeners have seen my living room and our videos and stuff. Oh, Tim's a collector of things as well. Tim likes some pretty things. No, Most... I just live in a, a featureless void. <laughs> I saw Wonder Woman in the cinemas. Yep. I thought it was pretty good. I thought the finale kind of sucked the air out of it. If you had to rate yeah. it on a scale of one to five, Tim, what would you give it? I'd probably give it a four out of five. Fair enough. Along Alongside the Mr. Stogs over there. Mm -hmm. Hello. And uh, I didn't see Wonder Woman 84 in the cinema because I was avoiding COVID. Uh, studiously. Smart, smart. Avoiding in your void. Yes. Yeah. I watched it for the first time two days ago. Ah. I'm more recent. I watched it yesterday. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> mm. um, I think it was two days ago. 
Uh, Our time. Yeah. <laughs> time in the void is difficult to measure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I thought it was, as I'm sure we'll get into, um, muddled um, and... I, it feels like it's got a message to it, and I have n- no idea what it's trying to say. Don't cheat. 80s. <laughs> um, mm. and I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I think, it's, I think it's flawed. It reminded me a lot of like earlier superhero films, like pre-MCU superhero films. I have that written in my synopsis. There, there we was, go. There was... Uh, I remember when Venom came out, a lot of people were like, ah, oh, Venom, it's the third best superhero film of 2005. Um, <laughs> uh, and I feel like this would have been like held up as like, oh, this is the like the best film, film of yeah. 2006, um, uh, best superhero film. Mm. Uh, I, I, yeah, I thought it was muddled. There's some very egregious problems with it some just some weird fucking decisions starting with why the fuck is it set in 1984 thank you um that's an excellent fucking question tim <laughs> uh and yeah so i'm sure we'll get into it but i i didn't hate it um but i certainly didn't enjoy it on any level as much as i enjoyed the first one i don't think mm. i don't think there's in any regard that it's i don't think in in any factor whether it's story whether it's performances whether it's action i don't think in any on any level it matches up to wonder woman agreed i agree 100%. You, I, I would like to say no one would think wonder woman 1984 is better than wonder woman but there are people out there who do think these ridiculous yeah, yeah. things i i i will say i like that it's colorful that which, yes which yep. the first one because it was set in the first world war didn't really have going on for it yep. as much mm-hmm. it had a muted tone very Zack Snydery. Um, this is bright and eighties. This and, is bright and eighties, yeah. and I like that yep. as an aesthetic. It's reasonably well shot for the most part. Yes. Yeah, I think Patty Jenkins is a decent director. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the yes. action sometimes flubs up a little, Ugh. and the finale is very dark because they're like, mm, "We don't quite have the CGI budget to make this work, or the time, or whatever." Uh, let's yeah. make it dark. Woman's got a habit of that. Yeah. yeah, weird random CGI dark fights. We can't really Despite see what's going on. Despite Warner Brothers having a lot of money. Yep. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's my apprecy uh, of my uh, position, Jack. I have almost the exact same experience as you, Tim. Saw the first one in the cinema, and like I said, saw 1984 yesterday, <laughs> so I could write my synopsis. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was taking notes as I was watching it. And uh, yeah, I don't even like the first one, let alone the second one. This mm. is the interesting thing. I'm not judging you for I that know. because I hate women. my this wife thinks Wonder Woman is fine. The first one, she says, mm. "Eh, two, yeah. three out of five. I'm like, yep, what? Same. Yeah. She thinks the same. She, uh, my wife thinks Wonder Woman one and two are the same in her eyes. I'm like, oh, interesting. Mm. Mm. I think the first one is fine. I think the second one is bad. Fair. They're like a three and a two for me at, mm. at best. Which again is only one point below what we've said, so it makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's actually just like eh, cooler than we are. It's not like someone saying yeah. like this is a five out of five, and you're on a one out of five. Oh my god, how can you be saying this? We're both we're all coming to it as a very middling. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 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 yeah, there it, or it's not. We, we often have this scale. Like I'm the as I said uh, earlier on in the outtakes. Go and listen to them on <laughs> Patreon.com/sequelizers. Yes, I am the cynical one of the yeah. three of us for the <laughs> most part. I am often the pessimistic one. I think I get stuck in the nitpicky wait what how did how did they what is that like 
how did the, the classic, teleporting mm, and all this like classic Jack and his owl skeleton? Right? Pretty much, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a reference the patrons might get <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> if you're listening to this when it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> eventually, yes, I remember a lot of people. Um, funnily enough, I had. I knew you too at this point. We had started Sequelizers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and I already knew you before Sequelizers, obviously, mm-hmm. Tim. Um, but quite a few people I was talking to really liked the first Wonder Woman. Saying, like you said, Matt, being, oh, this is the first good DCEU or whatever the hell we were calling it at the mm-hmm. time. The yes. Dark Universe, whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Dark Universe. <laughs> Johnny Depp's Invisible Man, right? Yes, guys? exactly. Yeah. Um, Fuck's sake. I was saying it was the first good one. And I think the first good one is Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the only one I like. I love Shazam. I yeah, really, Shazam. I really so like Shazam. Good. I really like Shazam. Uh, I don't like Aquaman. I don't like Wonder Woman. I don't like Batman v Superman. I obviously mm-hmm. fucking hate Justice League. Um, yeah, Shazam's the only one I like, pretty much. Sure. Um, what else is there? That's Birds it. of Prey. Seen Birds of Prey? I've not seen Birds of Prey yet. Actually, I'm sure I would like mm. it. I like the Suicide Squad, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think I would probably like Birds of Prey. Mm. Just haven't got around to not it. Not that it's a film. Have you seen Peacemaker? Uh, no, I haven't actually. I enjoy Peacemaker. A I've lot. heard very good things. I'm annoyed at how much I enjoyed it. I like John Cena. In yeah, things. it's a very fine. James Gunny sort of show. Yeah, okay with it. Yeah, um, yeah, that's on my next watch list. Basically, it's a solid watch. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, anyway, yeah. So I don't like the first movie very much. I found it very kind of like by the numbers. It felt very much like the first Captain America movie to me. It has a yeah. lot of that kind of out mm-hmm. of place. Oh, it's a war, and oh, there's lots of like war analogies and stuff. I'm like, yep. I've seen this all before. Like, I feel like it doesn't really do anything interesting and original for me. Um, and the second one, even more so. It's incredibly derivative and interesting. You touched on the eighties-ness there, Matt. I don't think it's as eighties as it thinks it is, and in a way, that's good because. I think, yeah. And you mentioned it earlier, Tim. Why the fuck is it set in 1984? Mm-hmm. There's absolutely... because they think they're capitalizing on like the 80s, nostalgia. like Stranger Things nostalgia yeah. type thing, and like. You're like six years too late for this, but sure. Yeah. There's, it feels like they're, they're trying to tap into a kind of Cold War thing at yep. certain oh, parts. 100%, yeah. But there's yeah. also... We need more nukes. You're yeah. like, what? But equally, I don't think there's any part of this that you couldn't transpose to 2019 yep. and have it Absolutely. equally make as much sense. You'd, you know, you'd change a few lines, obviously, and stuff. But, but, but he changes clothes with bum bags, Tim. <laughs> As if there aren't you stupid fidget people spinners. wearing bum bags nowadays. <laughs> That's I'll true. Touch you. Fidget spinners have been a thing for like five years. It's Warner Brothers. I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> um, I think this is a thing to, to just to, to touch on here because um, the 30th, well, 30 or 20th cycle, respectively, depending on when you, you mark it, it is a bit weird decade-wise. We always talk about how decades are a bit of a you know, slide of nonsense. Yeah. They don't really have a clear yeah. start and an end. The 80s don't probably kick off until like 84 or yeah. whatever. And it's like, oh yeah, sure, whatever. Exactly. But give or take. Especially considering how films are shot. It's like you're watching a film from 1981. Well, actually, probably watching a 1979 movie. That kind yeah, of like, sure, you know, sure. production, etc. But... And you really notice that sometimes when there's that kind of crossover decade of Bill like, and Ted, one oh, and this two. feels dated. Like, yeah. Bill and Ted, one and two. One is an 80s movie, one's a 90s movie, but both released in the 90s. But then you look at it and think, this is very 80s. Yeah. <laughs> this is very 90s. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, the nostalgia cycle dictates that people are loving 80s stuff. You know, uh, you've got a certain wave of video games, uh, you know, in terms of like, oh, well, let's sell this merch for these old arcade The retro cabinets. game revival mm. stuff. Precisely. Yeah. And funny enough, Stranger Things, obviously. Was uh, that's the, the key thing, yeah. But yeah. Dungeons and Dragons has an old school revival Absolutely. scene that's still mm. driving yeah. now. And TV and film was 
harping on like what franchises can get, what TV can we bring back, what actors can we bring back, blah, 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 blah. Now, the problem is Wonder Woman 1984 went into a bit of production hell. It was released, I think, a year and a half later, basically. Yep. Um, and it's supposed to be in a certain place in the timeline and it's not quite in the no. time at all. Yep. Mm. And because of that, we at the time we're slipping into 90s nostalgia mm. so already which it's we're like very much in the throes of at the time of recording <laughs> exactly you're like you aren't already on the back foot 90s nostalgia is just getting its its run up basically now with 80s nostalgia especially in britain people think they know the 80s <laughs> either people who were there or people who weren't they're almost always uniformly wrong mm. the wedding singer is a film that was like 10 like six years after the 80s <laughs> in America, and that sort of struck a very colorful fun playful tone mm. of the 80s hot tub time machine nailed it when it says oh 80s yeah it's like no 80s had reagan and aids it was the mm. fucking worst and i always point this out about back to the future and goes oh i love the 80s back to the future i was like stop back to the future is about saying how the 50s is better because mm. that's the 50s mm. fucking cycle going through um it's why, you know, adventures... 2015 is going to be much worse. Mm, yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. And it's about adventure cycles coming through like, oh, I remember the old adventure films of the 50s. And then just to get Indiana Jones and the serious purpose, blah, blah. In the 90s, the nostalgia back then was Austin Powers with the 60s. Yes. And the, another the, set the behind that cycle you mentioned was, earlier, was yeah. even before that was the 30s. So you mm. get like the, the Batman era coming up with 89 and then you get the shadow and yada, yada, yada. The thing I'm getting to here is the 80s were actually quite grey and quite dark they, they were they were beige very very <laughs> and wood panelled yes um and there were there was a lot of colorful bits and elements mm. and themes and stuff obviously Hairstyle. and hairstyles mm. and wonder woman thinks it's doing that and wonder, wonder woman 1984 is representing a dream of some sort of weird alternate 80s that mm. you think you're going but as you guys have said nothing really feels accurately 80s mm. the hair the fashion the lighting the the, the sets, mm -hmm. the technology, it's sort of hints of 80s in the same way that, and I know it's an alternate universe sort of thing, but Zack Snyder's Watchmen, I know it's going through, you know, the alternate Watchmen that Alan Moore created, but the technology is still like, yeah, this 80s looks and feels through his lens, very 2010s, mm -hmm. which in the 2000s was quite a good thing to do. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so it's, it's frustrating because I kind of like, I really like First Class, X Men First Class. I like that it feels quite sixties at times. It's doing certain things a little better. It's not doing it fantastically. It's not doing fucking Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Oh my god, when was this shot? Mm. But it's doing a nice version of it. Wonder Woman eighty four, for the fact that it is purely just going with eighties mm. for no reason, and nineteen eighty four because it's a good marketable word, a number, mm. um, is basically doing a very weird rehash of a tick box exercise of just bits. Yeah. Fling a Rubik's Cube in there. Now it's 80s. Yeah. Nostalgia is always about simplifying complex ideas down to marketable things. Absolutely. To be Absolutely. And, and Wonder Woman 84 is a very textbook example of that. You can, of course, get media that treats an era more honestly and actually says like no what did it actually look like here mm. rather than just what has stuck in people's minds and the thing about the nostalgia cycle also is it it moves at different speeds in different mediums and so with fashion we're already up to a noughties revival um they mm. that that yeah. happens because the speed of which fashion trends and fashion production happens that has already that sticks to a 
very tight 20 year cycle whereas mm. films tend to be on more of like a 30 year cycle just yep. because yep. films are more expensive they take longer to make etc etc mm. television tends to be a little bit faster we've got more 90s nostalgia tv than we have 90s nostalgia films so far that's true yeah. Yeah. They, they will come along um so yeah it's it's very interesting to kind of witness stuff happening at different speeds but yeah i think wonder woman like i say it takes a very simplified view of the 1980s and it and again because it's just set dressing because there's no like real thematic resonance of like what it's trying i i mean we'll get into like what 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 does this film what is this film about is a very complex question not because it's about complex things but because it doesn't really know what it's about yeah um and so because of that it equally has very little ties to the 80s and so because Mm -hmm. it could so easily be transported it could have been it could have been wonder woman 1964 it could have been wonder woman 1944 2004 Um, yeah yeah why not you know and because of that it yeah fucking rubik's cubes and here's people doing aerobics in a mall yep. and you know parachute pants parachute pants and and Does all this kind of stuff have someone, a parachute these days here's someone doing break <sighs> dancing and stuff like that's that. that's called break dancing mm-hmm. these are actual quotes from the movie ladies and gentlemen. yeah it's it's all art steve it's all art except this old man from the 1910s isn't doing what he'd usually be saying well it's all goddamn awful yeah make it stop why are those two talking together? It's like, uh, <laughs> I don't think you Ugh. should. Maybe you should go back to the past, Steve. Ugh. You're entirely right, Tim. The fact that this is very surface level references to the 80s, as you said, can be set any time period. It wouldn't make a blind bit of difference. And the thing that really galls me is they don't want to get bound by the DCEU continuity. I perfectly understand that. Yep. So we're going to tell an... As we established, it's a big old mess already Abs- at this point. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to tell an isolated story on its own. Okay, great. Cool. You can tell any story you want then. And this is the story you chose mm-hmm. to tell. And that's the... Anyone who likes or dislikes the film, you can kind of come together with, yeah, but this story... It's like, I hate this one. Yeah, good, fair shout. I know you don't like it. Oh, I don't think it's okay. It's that bad. Yeah, but it could have been better, right? Oh, it could definitely have been better. And that's what's mind-boggling to me because we all ask these questions of like, why the 80s? Why this? Why that? And then you come down to, why this? Why any of this? Yeah. yeah. And it feels corporate and soulless because of it. Even though I still think it's actually pretty solid as a film, just as an as a experience. I think that's the thing is that a lot of people had really positive reactions to the first Wonder Woman yeah. film. And a lot of people, especially women, had very, like, Im- like cried in the cinema because yeah, sure. it had been a long while since we had had a f- woman-fronted superhero film. And they were shit. And, that, mm. and the ones that we had were yeah. shit. And this, Hello, like, Electra and Catwoman. Yeah. yeah. And, and Wonder Woman did actually, it had, it had points to make about feminism. It also had points to make about war and mm. you know the 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 uselessness you know i think it, it touched futility on a thing, and, the futility yeah, of war yeah. especially world war one where it's like there's basically no reason for these people to be fighting everyone on either side is miserable um and it's you know it's the the, the elites in their castles and mm-hmm. whatnot who are just doing it um so i think it's so disappointing to have this film come along that seems to have such a muddled 
point of view so little to say like i can't imagine someone watching this and being inspired at all in the way that like wonder woman did it has no sequences that match up to the mm. crossing of no man's land which oh, i think the is no the, man's land that's, that's, peak that's the peak yeah. of yeah, wonder yeah. woman agreed um that and, is that is some good yeah. cinema we'll get into it obviously in the synopses but yes. i think it's like a hundred minutes into this movie it's a long fucking movie mm. as well the second one there's like two action scenes where she's actually Wonder Woman. Mm. You got the opening mall scene mm. and the bit with the trucks in Egypt and then basically nothing else for another half an hour. It's like, yeah. Okay, so we're just have this Steve Trevor like learning the world again. Mm-hmm. Again. <laughs> sure, whatever. Like she was a fish out of water in the first one. He's a man out of time called Steve. Mm. <laughs> in the second one, it's like, okay, yeah, cool. Does any of this matter? Like, no, not really. No. no, nothing's relevant. We could have cut like 40 minutes of this movie and nobody would have mm. noticed. There are a lot of spinning plates, unfortunately. And some of them are like, why are they spinning? Why do we need this? And there's the Aquaman thing. A lot of villain, uh, sorry, superhero things was like, too much stuff. Just too much. It's like, we're, we're, we're um, confusing um, convolution for complexity. Yes, mm. very much so. Yeah. And also, I, I find it, baffling that they were like well we've got to bring, bring steve trevor back can't tell a wonder woman story without steve trevor yeah, what the fuck steve trevor like he's not like he is he is a recurring character in the comic books because he's one of her best known supporting characters but they are not always in a relationship and it's very bronze age to think that yeah oh, bronze, oh, sorry and, uh golden age, golden age comics, yeah. and to me it's like the idea that you can't tell a wonder woman story without having a romance in it when there's so many superhero films mm. male superhero films where there is no romance in it or the romance is so like discarded and to me it's just like especially for an immortal a character who is essentially immortal or has been alive for a very long time yeah. to today have, to have her be 70 years later and still not having got over this guy who she was in a relationship with for mm, a week yeah, maybe two maybe, weeks yeah um i i i can see the argument for a first love but not to this extent that's yeah. kind of mental yeah. it's beyond human capacity to understand it yeah it's a hard thing to go i don't know man yeah and i think that there's i don't know it, it, to me, it feels so frustrating that it that it's so in some ways it's so tied to the first film without using any of the good parts of it. That's a that's yeah. a fair assessment, man. Yeah. yeah, I think the fact that it ties back into the whole Steve Trevor thing, which is wholly unnecessary. You have sort of two villains in this film, and then they mm. sort of cross over, and it doesn't really make any sense. It feels very Spider Man three to me. And and the, but the difference is not jumping into the Jack. Sorry, they're both sympathetic villains. This sort of yeah, they're supposed to be they're both. Yeah. They, yes, supposed they're supposed they, to. Be. They have sort of weird. Topher Grace isn't sympathetic as a character. He's maybe sure, an asshole. Sure, yeah. yeah. But, but so is Maxwell Lord, like played by Pedro Pascal in, sure. in 1984. Sad dad though. And then he has a sad dad moment. It's like, right? It's like, it's all you, fine now. But you're basing him on Donald Trump, right? <laughs> you're very, very yeah. clearly making a commentary about yeah. Donald Trump being a businessman in the 80s and big blonde hair, yeah, fake big, tan, fake and, tan mm-hmm. being an asshole, like all this yeah. being corrupt. And, Hood, hoodwinking people into yeah. giving him their money. Yeah. and he, he directly quotes 
Donald Trump multiple times in the film. Yeah. Mm. I've seen side by side clips of like mm. somebody called Donald Trump a con man and he freaks out. Mm. And Maxwell Lord's, I'm not a con man. Mm. Like there mm. are it's 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 not by mistake as I'm yeah. not pulling this thing. It is very objectively a reference to Donald Trump and I'm sure it ties in other eighties businessmen and there's that there's the trope of that already in movies. That's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. But because fucking it, businessmen are awful exactly yeah yeah <laughs> big millionaire mogul people and mm-hmm. oil barons and shit are terrible people pretty much universally but there's this like he doesn't really say anything about that he's just like oh he does a terrible thing but he loves his son so yep it's fine it's like okay does he get arrested or killed or anything at the end he's just nope the, we, we just don't talk about it it's like, yeah. okay. the lack of consequences for anything both for, both for the villains and for the world in yeah. this film is completely baffling because we're on, we're on the brink of like the end of the world and nuclear yeah. war and then it's like ta-da everything's back to normal yeah like, what watch this and chronologically the, and then go watch superman and go oh yes <laughs> yeah like uh t- touching on that first mm. like you would have thought, especially when you, if this is supposedly set in the same universe, which it, it in theory it has to be, it is, as say Man of sure. Steel, yep. where they're like, oh my God, the world's first superhero is like, yeah, but remember that thing that happened in 1984 when everyone's wishes got granted that day and then it got taken away and we were at the... We, remember when we nuclear got, war literally happened? Yeah, we still talk about the Bay of Pigs and stuff like this. This this would be so much... Like, nukes actually got launched. Like, this would have such a psychic Americans footprint. Americans yep. talk about the Cuban Missile Crisis all the fucking time. Yes, Cuban Missile Crisis, not Bay of Pigs. Sorry, fucking that's a different thing. 40 years later. Well, no, 50 years mm. later, whatever it is. Yeah. And it's like... Yeah, that would be... And so oh, it actually happened in that This is yeah, almost It's almost fucking 9-11. It's almost worse than 9-11. It's this almost is, the end of the fucking world. global annihilation. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Literal yeah. nukes are in the air. Yeah. And we'll get into it. Particles are controlling everyone's brains. Yes. <laughs> oh, I fucking hate the science in this movie. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, we're just like... And Wonder Woman slipped into obscurity for the yeah. next amount of years yeah. <laughs> until she returns yeah. and nobody knows who she is but it's like at the end of this film there should be the judge from that episode of the Simpsons where they replace Seymour Skinner and they're just like and no one will ever talk about this again on yeah. pain of exile um, and for the villains like I'm fully up there for having redeemable villains yep. or for having uh, not killing them or having a, a sense of like justice that goes, you know, edges towards like more restorative than, than incarcerating people, whatever. But the fact that neither of these villains seem to suffer consequences and neither of them actually fit, seem like they feel bad about what they did. Like neither of them like learn no, anything. Neither of them learn any or lessons. Do anything. It just like, shows a shot of their faces and then you're like. And the film ends, you know. Ma- Maxwell what? Lord what? doesn't seem to have like got rid of his greed or power hungriness. Nope. He's just like, oh, I should just make sure my son is safe next time, <laughs> and 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 I should be a better dad. None, neither of which has particularly anything to do with his whole the plot yeah. in yeah. the film. Uh, and Barbara slash Cheetah, like, yes, her brain was like, you know, her humanity was being drained away or whatever, sure. but yeah. she doesn't. We, the fact that we never like there's never a moment where she doesn't she, reunite with diana and there's like a, oh we now understand each other and yes or like i feel so terrible i don't know what i it was like what came you know, over this, me this red fog i just yeah. i all the rage that i'd had over the years god i like, wish i hadn't come, specifically said the words apex predator that one yes, time yeah um 
like there's no point it just it just this film is so like and then it just dissolves the more we, the into the more we talk about it the more i dislike it here's the thing i'm gonna we also, I'm, we also need to get to the synopsis we're going this for is the last thing okay until the next thing no uh when i came out of the cinema and i said i actually didn't mind that i actually might have said i i, I really enjoyed that at the mm. time whoa, 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 whoa i didn't mind and i really enjoyed are two very different things well at the okay so there's a, there's a thing i have when i review a film the most important thing in theory when i'm writing my review is to write it arguably as soon as possible because that is the freshest opinion you can have yeah, yeah, yeah. over time it can get better it can worse you can appreciate it more or less whatever but for the public for the way they enjoy a film it tends to be that was the best thing i've ever seen i'm telling everybody i hate the shit out of that i'm telling everybody so <laughs> yeah they have a, a two point scale it's very on, binary. on the, for, the, the weekly planet podcast <laughs> best movie ever or worst movie ever that's that, it for the public yeah. that tends to be it now and, and and the how how do i feel about it on the drive home from the cinema tends to be the most yes. important thing for most people that's very true is it sticking with me i've forgotten about already the meal after where it's like oh actually you know what my, my equivalent of that for 1984 was how did i feel about it while trying to explain it to my wife an hour later <laughs> oh, yeah, that's... and she goes what and i'm like yeah so then she turns into a cheater and she's like why i'm like i don't know <laughs> because she very specifically she said the words in the comics yes that's, that's the because answer. comics exactly now john further clark asked me how and why i enjoyed that and i said <clears throat> effectively because i think i got it um or more accurately i aligned my mind saw a certain point and then suddenly everything fell into place and all the problems kind of went away is it because you were born in 1984 man? no it's because i was kicked in the head by a horse um, <laughs> Paul Blart style yeah no um and it's one of those points the more i thought about it the more i thought this is exactly what's happened and what's more it's intentional to a degree and what's more Timeline-wise, much like Venom is the best film of 2005, kind of, or third best superhero film, whatever. If you just place this into another point, it becomes exceptional. Now, that's a bit of a <laughs> hyperbolic. I, I, I wholeheartedly to, disagree. I need you to uh, justify all the opinions you've just <laughs> made. About that. Yeah. You've gone from it was okay to I really enjoyed it to it's fantastic if it's set in a different time. To, to clarify. <laughs> I Please do. I will. I will. I'm about to launch over the desk. <laughs> this film is a reaction to Zack Snyder. Where you have uh, the AF verse with, with Suicide Squad and Snyder's Batman v Superman. It's not an AF verse. Can we not use that <laughs> phrase, please? The AF verse. He, he made one fucking movie that was terrible. But he could have made three fury. different versions for all we know. P point is, that dark. Uh, existence we've had in that existence thus far. There's no actual Superman in the sense of our mo how most people like and enjoy the character, the big boy blue, big blue boy scout kind of thing. Mm -hmm. The idea of this really fun, do-gooding uh, hero. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, a not a non-tortured person who does good because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And is happy to save cats from trees as much as nuclear weapons. Yeah. Now, if you were to release Wonder Woman 1984, don't don't argue with me for a second. Not you. The the, the logistics of me saying about 80s and the 70s. <clears throat> if you were to release this plot roughly about wish filling rocks and fulfilling rocks, sorry, I'm ready and to jump in wars in other countries being mm -hmm. resolved really quickly and stupidly, and 
breaking out fights in shops mm. right after the release of Superman or Superman 2 by Donna in oh, the 70s yeah. and 80s, then this thing is like, oh my God, it's the best thing ever. If it's a fucking Linda Carter movie in the 70s with the same sort of plot, we wouldn't have nearly as many problems. I, now, I don't disagree with you that yeah. it fits, especially the opening... Well, the opening act, especially in the mall. No, no, no. the second opening oh. we'll get to because there's one opening and then it opens again for some reason because oh. this film makes no sense. Yeah. Um, the second opening scene in the mall, as we said, oh yes, yes, feels very Donna, feels very Raimi mm. Spider Man, that kind of more campy, schlocky. Yes. She saves a kid and she pushes the kid to That's cuddle exactly into a teddy the, bear yeah. and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's not just that. It's then when she does and there's like you know, there's guns involved. Gives a little wink and stuff. She gives a wink to the kid and the kid goes <laughs> winks back. Yeah. And it's like. This is Donna Superman. And then they don't do that for the next two and a half That's hours. the thing. You've start, they've yeah. started down a certain path, and I feel like, the, as I said before, a year and a half of scripts, rewrites, wherever I have to be in reshoots and all that stuff. Agreed. I feel they were going for, we're not doing what we were doing with Wonder Woman. We're going to do this. We're going to fill the void that Superman should be filling right now. We're going to give you a pure hero. And then they've overwound it into something else. Now, obviously, I'm not saying it's a for that reason, I'm thinking it's, it's still broken for that reason. But that's the intention going to it. And if you watch it as a six-year-old kid, because you can't watch Wonder Woman as a six-year-old kid. It was like, oh my God, this thing's, you know, changing, you know, my, my okay, Jack's making a face. So if you were... A, You're making some really weird statements. <laughs> if what? this were released earlier, this would mean you can't watch it as a six-year-old kid. <laughs> like, let, me, yeah, let, me, let me clarify. So... <laughs> I, Please do. One of the big problems when I was a child was that Batman and Batman Returns were considered too dark, right? Mm -hmm. And I was told I wasn't allowed to see it, right? Uh, until I saw it, and it turns out it wasn't that bad, but it was still pretty bad. Um, and so subsequently, it was like you can't watch these movies. It's like, but it's Batman. Mm. It's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. But I've seen the Superman movie. Mm. Yeah, that's fine. That's silly. Mm. You can't watch these dark Batman films until Batman Forever comes out. Mm -hmm. Whatever. This is the same principle where it's like. Oh, I want to watch that Man of Steel for me. You, you, you kind of can't. Little 10-year-old mm -hmm. girl. Not for you. Oh. This Superman breaks necks. Yeah. What about Batman v Superman? Can't watch that. What about Wonder Woman? Uh, again, may, maybe, maybe a bit too mm. strong. Maybe too dark for you. A lot, lot about the war in there. Yeah. What about Wonder Woman 1984? And then for the first half an hour, yeah, maybe. And then uh, the cat lady's very scary. Maybe not. <laughs> um, and that's what I'm trying to get to. Because that ends up like Superman 3. Oh my god, it's a traumatizing fucking <laughs> robot lady again. All, all the shit that makes no sense, the bad guys don't really work, and they're just arbitrary fucking 80s villains. It kind of feels like it's a recreation of something. Now, if you think of it in that perspective, you frame it as such, it's more, I, I will say, enjoyable and endurable. So I think for a kid, I, you'd I'd be like... I'd describe it as endurable, yeah, sure. Yeah. And <laughs> I, <laughs> it's a movie I endured. Yeah. yeah. So a kid would enjoy it a lot more. And I think that's what they were pitching for. But then you've got a lot of this baggage, like with the whole Wonder Woman first cut, the, the uh, 2017 film, where it's, okay, I hear all this stuff, but we're still going to have to have this big CGI finale. And like, nah, you've kind of lost it now. That sort of thing. I but, think both of those films are 12A, by the way. That's what I'm saying. Wonder Woman and one, 2017 and 1984. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the problem with that thesis, though, is yes. that it works for certain parts of the movie. It works for the mall scene. 100%. It works for certain other things. I think the Steve Trevor stuff. If you're a kid and aren't thinking about issues of consent and stuff like that, he's a funny, we'll, silly guy. We'll get into that. We'll get into that. Plays a lot better. Yes. But then there's also huge chunks of those the film that are not at all related to that 
That is true, and that's the problem. At, yeah. at, at, this is what I think when I say it's like muddled, and mm, you know, Snyder definitely. was still a producer on this. Like Zack and Snyder yeah. and Deborah Snyder were still producers on this film, mm. so it's not entirely removed from oh, what no, no, they no. want to do. No, I just um, meant it was more divorced from that reality. It's, it's yes. divorced from that, uh, especially from an aesthetic point of view and stuff like yes. that. Um, and I, I do get what you mean of like this is a. It feels it feels like a Wonder Woman movie that could have come out in 1984, and but the trouble is 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 that ultimately it's a Wonder Woman movie that came out in 2020. Correct. Um, and you know it has to it has to be that it can't we can't look at it through the lens of no no no, the, no. I get you okay the Donna films and I think yeah there's there's parts of it the the best parts of it are where it does feel like that movie and it feels mm. like it's trying to say. Here's Wonder Woman. We're gonna make her this really inspirational hero. We're just gonna try and futz over the fact that she hasn't done any heroing for <laughs> significant <laughs> chunks of her life. But you know what? Um, yeah. DC what already made during... that decision, and so we have to yeah. stick with it. Yeah. What were we doing um, during World War Two exactly? Yeah. No. I was being sad about Steve Trevor still. Yeah. Um, Steve's watch is around somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but it's the fact that that film exists alongside at least two or three other films mm. within this one film. Mm -hmm. mm. Yep. Should we get into... We should get to the synopsis. Yes, I've got the synopsis here. They're messy. If people haven't seen this, and like, oh, I'm messy. so confused. I, I can't wait for the synopsis to make more sense. Nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my synopsis, ladies and gentlemen. They're very Jack synopsis. I'm ready. Starting off, Wonder Woman 2017. In Paris... It feels like it was so much longer it ago. Really does, it really does, doesn't it? Yeah. In Paris, present day... Diana Prince receives a photographic plate from Wayne Enterprises. Oh, <sighs> it's the Batman of herself and four men taking during World War One, prompting her to recall her past. <laughs> the entire film is a flashback. Correct. <laughs> she is the daughter of Queen Hippolyta. Diana is raised on Themyscira, home to the Amazons, a race of female warriors created by the Olympian gods. I like that this bit was colourful. Yes. Mm. The second film has basically the same intro, but we'll talk about that in a moment. It does. Hippolyta explains their history to Diana, including how when the, when the other gods attempted to stop him, Ares, the god of war, killed everyone but Zeus. He used the last of his power to wound Ares and force him to retreat. Before dying, Zeus left the Amazons a weapon, the god-killer sword, to prepare them for Ares's return. Hippolyta reluctantly agrees to let her sister, General Antiope? Antiope? Antiope. Antiope. Mm -hmm. There we go. I mean, people pronounce things differently. Yeah, yeah. it's probably yeah. pronounced Greek words wrong. Antiope, played by Robin Wright, train Diana. Flashback, as we said, to then sort of forward, but also back <laughs> 1918 now. Diana, now an adult, rescues pilot Captain Steve Trevor, the real hero of the movie for <laughs> some reason. God damn Chris! When, <laughs> good old Chris Pine when his plane crashes off the Themyscaran coast. The island is soon invaded by German soldiers who have been pursuing Steve. The Amazons wipe out the German force but take heavy losses, with Antiope sacrificing herself to save Diana. Steve is interrogated with the Lasso of Truth, which we don't really explain in the first one, but very much explained multiple times in the second one, and reveals that a great war is consuming the outside world and that he is an allied spy. He has stolen a notebook from the German chief chemist, because that's a thing, sure. I guess, uh, Dr. Isabel Maru. I don't know why I said that like <laughs> Richard Nixon. Maru. 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 God damn cocksucking son of a bitch. Wow. That's, that's Nixon for you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
who is creating a new form of mustard gas under the orders of a general Eric Ludendorff. Of course, Germans are evil, right, guys? Yep, sure. Uh, believing Ares to be responsible for the war, Diana arms herself with the Godkiller sword, the lasso, and some armor before leaving Themyscira with Steve to locate and stop Ares. Now we're in London. They deliver the notebook, which is the notes from the Supreme Chemist or whatever, to Supreme the Supreme War Council. Mm-hmm. Great name. Mm-hmm. Where Sir Patrick Morgan, good old David Dulles, is trying to negotiate with Germany. Diana translates Murray's notes, revealing that the Germans plan to release the deadly gas on the Western Front. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Steve recruits the Howling Commander, I mean, a group of unknown soldiers, uh, a Moroccan spy named Samir, a Scottish marksman named Charlie, a Native American smuggler named Nappy, to help prevent the gas from being released. The team reaches Belgium, and Diana goes alone through No Man's Land, the scene we mentioned earlier, which is Mm. fucking great. Yes. Lots of slow motion, but not too much wanky... It's almost justifiable slow motion. Yeah, this Mm. is justifiable slow motion, because it's literal bullet time, rather than just arbitrary slow-mo punches and stuff. Mm. She captures the enemy trench, liberating the nearby village of Veld. The team briefly celebrates taking a photograph in the village. Oh, look, the photograph in the movie, mm. and there's all the things. God, we go. what a great end to a movie. <laughs> the and end. That's where I got the picture. <laughs> the team learns that a gala will be held at the nearby German high command, and Steve and Diana separately infiltrate the party. Steve intends to locate the gas and destroy it, and Diana hopes to kill Ludendorff, believing he is Ares in disguise. Steve stops her to avoid jeopardizing his mission, but this allows Ludendorff to unleash the gas on Veld, killing its inhabitants. Blaming Steve for intervening, Diana pursues Ludendorff to a base where the gas is being loaded into a bomber aircraft bound for London. Not London. Go blimey, go. London? With the ice cream? <laughs> a that... penny lick, sir? Fuck it, El Matthew. Diana fights and kills him, but is confused and disillusioned when his death does not stop the war. He's not Ares. David Thulis is Ares. Oh, I mean... Uh, yeah, Sir Patrick appears and reveals himself as Ares. He tells Diana that although he has given humans ideas throughout the years, it's ultimately their decision to resort to violence. Humans are inherently corrupt. It's all their fault. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I mean, fuck humans. Yes. A very smoky and messy CGI fight ensues. <laughs> There's my jackism mm, Oh, yeah, I like it. And Diana <laughs> attempts to kill Ares with the Godkiller sword. But he destroys it, telling Diana, for some reason, that she herself is the god killer. Don't know why he does that, but yep. Hurrying things along. Yeah, pretty, <laughs> pretty much. Ah, oh, you destroyed the sword, but you're the only thing that can kill me. I mean, uh, shit. Um, I, I, pr- pretend I didn't say that last sentence. Everything's fine. Don't look at the man behind the curtain. Yeah. He tries to persuade Diana to help him, but she refuses. While the two are battling, Steve's team destroys Maru's laboratory and Steve hijacks the bomber carrying the poison bound for London. He flies it to a safe altitude, arbitrarily, and detonates it, sacrificing himself. Because that's how poison works. Yep. In the atmosphere, it's fine. <laughs> yep. Then he it's falls only... into the ice flow, and he's frozen until he'll be revived by Nick Fury. No, wait, sorry. Hang on. Pretty wrong much. Steve, wrong Chris. Oh, that's, is, there's so many... Pa- I know. <laughs> so, wrong so, Steve, wrong Chris, wrong, 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 wrong continent. <laughs> oh, same continent. Yeah, same continent, yeah. Ares attempts to direct Diana's rage and grief at Steve's death by convincing her to kill Maru, but the memories of Steve cause her to realise that humans have good in them after all. Uh, Arbitrary. Uh, oh, it turns out people are good. Well, not really. Don't know about that. No. She spares Maru and redirects Ares's lightning into him, killing him. Because that's, Unlimited that's power! Pretty much. <laughs> 
The team celebrate the end of the war while Diana mourns Steve's passing. Now in the present day, Diana sends an email to Bruce Wayne, because that's a thing, thanking him for the photographic plate of her and Steve. She continues to fight on on yeah. She continues to fight on the world's behalf as a Wonder Woman, except she doesn't. No. She goes into <laughs> hiding for 70 years, sort of, maybe. We don't know. Bruce101 at AOL.com. <laughs> Pretty much. He's had it since he was a kid. Batman the... at WayneEnterprises.com. <laughs> Brilliant. At B-Man. B-Dot-Man. B-Man. Um, yeah, Wonder Woman. I, st- I still love a lot of Wonder Woman. I think as a film, it's done. it does so much right. And there's a lot of charm to it. Um, there's a lot of dumb stuff with David Thewlis. I, David Thewlis's face on the, on on that, the body, your body of Ares is fucking but, stupid. I get it, but I'm also like... Also, for the fact that it's Ares, I'm like, I don't think this is any of this is Ares. I don't think any of this makes any sense. But he's kind of, he goes from like God of War to like trickstery God, and you're like, I yeah, can. kind of like Hades doesn't mm. work for us, I guess. Yeah, sure. We need to pick somebody. Yeah. Anyway, flashing forward to 1984 uh, in 2020. So I remember we're going to this film and thinking. How are they bringing Steve Trevor back? <laughs> yeah, because we all knew going in that they had were doing it because Chris, Chris Pine was part of the trailers and stuff. Yep. And it was, it was the selling point. He's more than the villain. And I was like, Steve's back. I was like, how? I don't get it. You don't want to know. And then when it came up, I was like, oh, uh, oh. We'll get oh. into it. We'll get into it. As a young child, Diana participates in an athletic competition on Themyscira. We're back to a Themyscira flashback. Because I guess a bunch of the Amazonian actors had it in their contracts that they needed to appear. I think it was just that that part was really popular amongst people. People like that bit. Yeah. yeah. I don't, like, I don't she can't was... go back now, so yeah. we can only do it in flashback. Yeah. It's like Robin Wright wants to be in another film. So Also, yep. there was a lot of commendation for Patty Jenkins because when Snyder was showing uh, uh, Themyscira in mm. uh, Justice League... Yep. It was all like they're all in bikinis and it's all very dark. Yeah. Like, no, it's colourful in their armor. You fucking idiot. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. If you compare the Themyscira and light armor in Wonder Woman versus Justice League, yep. Yep, it's significant. You can tell which different. one's made by a woman and which made by a bro. Yep. Uh, fun fact: uh, Patty Jenkins fought to have this remain in the movie. Yeah. They oh. they tried to, as we'll get into in a second. We'd mentioned the mall scene earlier, which is essentially another opening scene to introduce Wonder Woman. Mm. Yes. That is the original opening of the film, according to the studio, and that was their idea. Oh. Uh, she shot both, and in, and in the script is included both, mm. but Patty Jenkins fought for the Themyscarian thing to be included in the movie. I'm not opposed to having the Themyscarian bit now. I think it's important yeah, for a character. Yeah, you kind of need to pick one, but sure. Yeah, sure. Well... It, it opens twice in a weird way. Kind I, I, They're probably my two favourite scenes of the movie. But no, like, yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Weird, weird. Anyway. Yes, carry on. Um, after being knocked off her horse while looking back at her opponents and being a bit cocky, I think she's like 10 at this point, something like that. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Diana takes a shortcut and misses a checkpoint. They have to tick these little things off with arrows and really smoke and stuff. It's, mm. it's mm. kind of like the Triwizard Tournament, basically. It's, it's all <laughs> Harry Potter, Hunger Games, these yeah. type bollocks. The less death. At the very last second, Antiope removes her from the race for cheating because she got the little mm. sneaky checkpoint and stuff and mm-hmm. shortcut and went past, explaining anything worthwhile must be obtained honestly, which is sort of the message of the movie, but not really. Yeah, I think that's the thing is I think that 
probably one they, of the... They think it's the message of the movie, but I don't <laughs> think it is. Yeah, one of the reasons I'd imagine she fought to keep it in is because it sets up the themes of the movie better than the mall scene. Correct. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The mall scene is just, here's... Here's a Wonder Woman. Here's a Wonder Woman yeah. action scene, yes. and it's in the 80s. She's doing hero stuff. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's as delivered as cleanly as... Especially because we're not we're not set up at the start of the challenge that they have to hit all the checkpoints. Nope. Like no one ever explains, oh, this is how this challenge works, off you go. Yeah. And don't so, forget, you must hit all the checkpoints yeah. along your way. Like no. Nope. Yeah. And so when we see Diana skip them, nobody you don't suddenly go, Oh, she's cheating. You just go, Oh, that's clever, because she got she fell behind, but now she's found a way to keep up. And well, then it's like lateral thinking. Yeah. So, no. No. Punishment. Yep. Yeah. In the second opening scene, Wonder Woman foils a robbery in a mall because it's the 80s and it had to feature a mall. Yep. I I like this scene, but it also annoyed me. Yep, same. Mm. Um, I write here, it feels a bit like Raimi's Spider-Man and also a bit like the opening of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. <laughs> Neither in a good way. <laughs> also kind of feels like Donna Superman, as we touched on as well. Yeah. It's the kind of campy very light fair very light mm. kid winks back and she gives him a little wink mm. and it's she all... has a sword she don't fucking use it in no this film. she trips people over and Which throws, throws them through like mm. a giant drum or like a poster or yeah. something it's like Whoa. she you almost have the like, rope you almost have like ba-doing from like tmnt2 yeah. at the beginning like oh the first movie's dark the second one opens with them fighting in a toy shop. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I great. I don't mind them pivoting to focusing on the lasso. As, no, neither as do I. Far I think it's just, like it... weapons go. She straight up has a sword in the first one, and they're like, "Yeah, let's not do that." Yep. Yeah, um, I I I think like Wonder Woman with a sword is something she does in the comics, but yeah. I, it's not. It's not so central defining. to her. The, the lasso is the it, iconic yeah, Wonder Woman. It's the thing, kind of thing right? where it's like, oh, do I need the sword for this mission? Probably not. Not gonna not gonna bother taking mm. it. I got annoyed because uh the the villains in it seem really dumb. Oh yeah, cartoon dumb. Yeah. They the the set the thing which comes in later as the start of the, the, the bigger plot of the film is that the jewelry store that they're robbing has like a side hustle, yep. illegal back room full yep. of like relics, yeah. actual valuable stuff. Yeah, but it's in a mall, which I'm like, if you had that as if you were like, oh, I run a dodgy jewelry store where there's there's an illegal business going on. Surely you would be in a building where you own all of it, and mm-hmm. you you're not going to have other people wandering course, through mm-hmm. that can be open late at night and have customers turn yep. up at like midnight and go like mm, i hear yep. you've got that illegal persian pottery in that i like rather yeah. than a mall where it's like it it's not as bad as paul blart one where <laughs> they're just trying to steal people's atm codes or something yeah. that still doesn't make sense to me yeah. yeah but fuck me does this make no sense and they don't it, really explain it they cut to the back room and it's like oh look things like, it's yeah it's so cool. It's so clearly like two different agendas at work. Yeah, where it's true, like, here true. is the plot of the film, and we need this thing to happen. And it's like, okay, fine, that's fine. She falls a robbery, and the 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 wishing stone gets discovered, or whatever, dreamstone, whatever you want to fucking call it. Um, it's a dream and then there's the agenda of we want it to be eighties, so let's put it in a mall. And it's like, but that doesn't really fit with no, the things no. that are going on. It also annoyed me that the the robbers are getting away with it. They haven't like raised any alarms, at least not 
outside of the jewelry it's shop. Very, yep. And then as they're running away, one of them drops a gun and someone goes, oh my God, a gun! And it, and it all kicks off. And yeah. it's like, you're in America. Yeah. It's a small gun and he hasn't done anything wrong yet. But yeah. I looked this up. I was like, when did like conceal and carry laws come into effect? <laughs> it's like, yeah. The early 80s. So this is like the early days of conceal and carry mm-hmm. firearm regulations that are now like spreading of course state by state yeah. because it's the US like yeah, yeah. you're also in Washington DC where you would have a lot of like armed services yeah people yes. who would yes. you true. know might carry guns on their day off or whatever. Yeah. He could just mm. be an undercover cop or like I yeah. love the idea that as they're running away, oh my god a gun runs into uh Jean Claude Van Damme with his boot out. Yes. Full <laughs> on time cop. In between the lines. In between the lines. Wolverine. <laughs> the Wolverine. <laughs> no 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 Wrong, wrong universe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Purse snatching, roller blade fool. Anyway, Carol. Diana is working at the Smithsonian Institute in Washington D.C. As Tim just said, while secretly performing heroic deeds as Wonder Woman. Maybe, sort of. Sure. New museum employee Barbara Minerva. Hmm. Greece. Recognize the name <laughs> from the comics. A shy. Gemologist? They keep saying a word that's not geologist, but sounds like geologist. Gemologist. Is I it gemologist? She's. She's. They're, yes. They're like, oh, she's a, a, a gemologist and, and a lithologist and a cryptozoologist and a crypto- in her spare time. Yeah. Like, what does that? So you're a conspiracy theorist? Because <laughs> <laughs> they're like, well, we need to, for plot reasons, we need her to examine the stone, but also we should probably give her something to do with cheaters. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah, she has to have a reason to become a cat. Apparently, this is it. Yeah, like, uh, sure. She has trouble getting noticed by her coworkers and basically anyone in her life. Just like Max at Amazing Spider-Man Two. It's eighties dweeb stuff. It's, it's like, oh no, yeah. we'll get into it. Or two thousand seven. Very tropey. After the FBI asked the museum to identify the stolen antiques from the robbery earlier, as we mentioned, they had a hidden room that was full of actual interesting, valuable stuff. Apparently, yeah. Barbara and Diana notice one of the artifacts has a Latin inscription claiming to grant the holder one wish. And they go for dinner together. Just because, you know, Diana's cool and hanging out with her and stuff. Lady friends. Yeah, lady friends. Mm. Diana saves Barbara from an assault. Like that scene. And it comes back later. Mm. Like it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a good examination of like, dude, ca- dude catcalling dudes yeah. being assholes and all that kind of yeah. stuff. And Some good work from Hans Zimmer as well on the score. I like that bit coming in. Yep. yep good definitely. themes. Barbara uses the stone to wish she was more like Diana, and little does she know, uh, it happens a bit more literally than she thought it was. Oh. And she does the whole hot girl takes off her glasses and becomes hot thing. Fuck mm. that. Yep, that's a, that's a thing that happens in this movie. Mm. Like three of she she keeps getting like more sexy every scene. Yeah. Just weird. Uh, <laughs> All you needed was a little confidence and fewer glasses. And yep, I, I... she literally has a oh. I guess my vision's fixed. Yeah. And everybody goes, ha, 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 because they're so charmed by her. It's like, okay. Wonder Woman doesn't have the power of charm. Where is this coming from? <laughs> That's painfully true. I, there was a point in this movie where I thought, like, oh, are they just going to have her think that she's got her wish granted mm. and that's made her more confident? And oh, more, interesting. Uh, and then, and that gives her the confidence to then do some crazy cheater experiment or whatever. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh no. Kisses a cat they, and said, I wish I could trade places with you. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but no, they didn't do that. Yeah. No. So to, to, to preface this, I think her getting Wonder Woman's powers and becoming crazy without the cheater bollocks could actually be quite interesting. Mm. 
And Kristen Wiig isn't a terrible casting for this. No, that's and fine. could actually work as a villain. Mm. Yeah. Except she becomes another villain as well. And we also have yes. the person I'm about to introduce, as we've already discussed. Yes. The failing oil baron, sort of, not sure, really, sure. con man, uh, Maxwell Lord. He arrives at the Smithsonian, charms Barbara because she's sexy now with a gala and lots of snogging in their office and stuff. <laughs> and he steals the wish-fulfilling artifact they were looking at earlier. Mm-hmm. Yep. At the gala, unbeknownst to us, and kind of sort of like under her breath, Diana wished for something, and it was Steve. In He's back body. in a guy credited as Handsome Man, <laughs> who's from Hallmark movies, apparently. Ah, uh, of course he is. Yep. He's resurrected via his soul into another man's body like a weird puppet. I'm I'm gonna say something. Don't you dare. I'm nope. cool with... No, I'm kidding. Oh. Um, no, no. I'm gonna I'm spoil something for a second here, but... but, but We're but, gonna spoil it anyway. This is true. The wishes have monkey paw effects. I, li- I literally use that. They use I, it in the of film Of course well. you yeah, did. But I, you, uh, yeah. Fucking Simpsons boy. Yeah. <laughs> but the reason I bring that up is because... That's good. That's bad. <laughs> The reason I bring it up is because... The Frogat is also cursed? The Frogat is also cursed. Mm-hmm. Because there are so many instances of like, well, you want this thing, you get the positive, but this is the negative. Ooh. Mm. Wonder Woman has two negatives. The big negative is that it's not actually Steve, it's in another man's body. Yes. That's the negative. Not, on. Oh, by the way, there's other but, stuff which we'll get into later. But she doesn't treat it like a negative. She she's doesn't like, care. She's like... Cool, well, sounds and, good to me. And in the text of the movie, that is not the negative. That's nope. just how the wish is carried yep. out. That's and just they part don't, of it. And it's just like, this is cool now. And they never... I was... Because I was aware of this plot point going in. Me yes. too. But I was shocked that... that they just don't talk about that it? They, that, that they both know from the start. I yep. thought it was going to be a thing of they get towards the end and they realise... She like, doesn't realise it, yeah. Yeah, that's... Like it, to her, it looks like Steve Trevor. I thought the it's, exact same you thing. Know, and it's like, no, he straight up looks like another dude. He looks in a mirror, like in front of her. Yeah. And then she says, "But all I can see is you." Yes. And so, and then he turns around, and it's Chris Pine for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Like, so we, as the audience, always see him as Chris Pine. Don't, yeah. don't forget, except when we it's got plot Chris relevant. Pine in this movie, so yeah. you're gonna see Chris Pine and not. Stefan, the Hallmark guy. Yeah. It's, it's a very 80s body swap sort of thing, except it's not a body swap. It's a body hijack. Um, even in something like Ghost, it's five seconds and it's weird. I know it's a 90s film, but this is mm. two hours of body hijacking and mm. weirdness. Yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, oh, Demi Moore's making out with Patrick Stewart. Uh, Patrick Stewart? Fuck it up. Patrick Stewart. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Guinan, step aside. <laughs> <laughs> Engage. <laughs> Sorry. Patrick Swayze. <laughs> anyway, so it's like, oh, Demi and Patrick Swayze are making out. It's like, no, 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 because actually it's Whoopi Goldberg's body that Demi Moore's making out with. And you're like, yeah, good point. And there's only one scene. It's like, yeah, but it's a romance. It's silly. Don't worry about it. But it's like, but this is, as Jack just said, yeah. it's, they objectively bang in this film as well. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. They talk about banging. Yeah. And then there's no, again, this was the moment I had to explain to Emma. And I was like, right, so. <laughs> Steve's soul possesses a dude. 
who was, was just uh, just was, a bloke who happens to be nearby. He was just a bo- bloke living his life, yeah. not even like oh he was in a coma and you nope. take you know he they, was brain dead. But they don't address like yes, oh he yes. might have a family. Or it's not like, a meet Joe Black situation. No, <laughs> he's oh god, and he doesn't that's do a that, Jamaican that, accent. Thank yeah. God, yeah. That, that's the saving grace. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. <laughs> the saving grace is it's not a black guy, <laughs> and you don't have Chris Pine doing a Jamaican oh accent. God, yeah. But that being said, as well, um. Although it's not a meet Joe Black situation, it's a body hijacking, blah, 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 that kind of thing. Um, this guy's life must have been shit. No one notices he's gone. No, yeah. Nobody cares. There's no, like, yeah, yeah. There's as no, we get on to him on a milk carton. As we get on to, there's no consequences for any of this stuff whatsoever. Not really, like, no. It's wiped the slate clean every time. Yeah. It's a consequence free film in every meaning of that. <laughs> Pretty much. Mm. Uh, syndication TV. By the end of the episode, everything's back to normal. Yeah. It's like, ah, is it? <laughs> Max Lord uses the artifact, now known as the Dreamstone, and gives himself the power to grant other people's wishes, turning himself into a living Dreamstone, and it like crumbles in his hands. It's a novel idea. It's hmm. a it's a wishing for more wishes sort of, but with a cool yeah. Yes, it's he, the most he gets to set the terms of the wish, like yes. the price that you have to pay yeah. now. So. Yeah. yeah, he's the banker. I'll give it credit. Interesting idea for a villain. The fact that he's not a physical match for Wonder Woman, but he has this kind of purple man style there we go. control to be able to whisper in people's ears and all this kind of stuff. I think it's a really cool idea that could have worked if it had any consequences and it wasn't so fucking no hammy and bollocks. Yeah. Alone 84 is so close to being... Well, not so close. It has a couple of really good ideas that yeah. just smush together. It's pretty close to being nonsense. a really, 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 really good film. I disagree but, with that. No, no, I think it could be... <laughs> it's close it to being be. okay. It could be. Um, but there are too many of them jostling for position and, and tone. And Carry on. Uh, where are we? Meanwhile, Barbara realizes she's getting superpowers because she wished to be like Diana. My God. She does some cool, like, lifting in an 80s gym because yeah. the 80s... Uh, and beats up her harasser from earlier, kicks the shit out of that guy, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's great." I feel like that's meant to be our like heel turn moment for her, yes. and I was just like, "No, I endorse this." Because <laughs> somebody runs up and they're like, "Oh my god, Barbara, are you okay?" And she's like, "Never better." I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. I'm mean, shouting I mean, that guy. That guy's a creep. Again, if she'd have killed him, it's like I'd be like, mm, so maybe that, a bit yeah. too so far. That's what I expected. She kicks him like into a Pole. side of a van. Yeah. And then into like a lamppost and then kicks him like across the street. Mm. And then somebody goes, I'm like, oh, hey, Barbara, what's going on? And I expected her to go like, oh, nothing. And just break his neck or like kick his head in or yeah. something. Or, like, or accidentally lash out at them and kill them accidentally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I expected a consequence yeah, <laughs> for yeah. something. And then she was just like, don't worry about it. And they're like, okay, cool, bye. I'm like, what? Oh my okay. God, now I can't root for her. Sure. And as Bob, I'm not saying these two things are related, but the film sort of implies that they are, but they're sort of not. Mm. As Barbara gets stronger, Diana seems to get weaker. Yes. Even though but, it, that's yeah. not the consequence of. That's the it second feels consequence. Like, it feels like they should be, but that's the consequence of Diana's wish, not Barbara's wish, but they happen to coincide quite nicely. And the yes. body and swapping the f- thing is not the consequence, it's this. No, the yes. body, body swapping thing is the positive. We've learned that. Yeah, it's not just his back. Here he is. Yeah. He's back in his body. Oh, that must be the negative. Yeah. Oh, the real negative is you lose your powers. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's Superman too. Yeah. Diana and Steve steal a fully fueled jet for some reason. Sure. Which Steve can fly somehow because planes haven't changed since World War One. This sure. plane didn't exist 
last time Steve was alive. This kind of engine didn't exist. Yeah. yeah. This he, entire he, thing. He, he, he should he have been just looking got... around for the for the fucking rotor at the front. Where's the throttle? He, <laughs> fl- he flicks some buttons confusedly and then goes, I oh, don't worry, and then just nails it. And you're like, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even eight a... seconds ago, you had no idea what was going on. Even a flight prodigy isn't going to be able to yeah. go, like, Oh shit, I can pilot the Enterprise because I can fly a fucking F 14. You're like, Yeah. No. And then Wonder Woman goes, Oh, by the way, radar's a thing. You can't just outfly these people. Yeah. But don't worry. I can turn things invisible. I did it to a coffee cup once because my dad did it to Themyscira. You're like, what? I you want to do an invisible jet nonsense with this jet right now? I don't mind. That. I, did, I yeah. fucking hate you. Are you mental? I no, I kind it. of I like this. you're you're both maniacs. No, no, it's, it's the kind of stupid cartoon Donna shit. That's what but I'm this talking. isn't that's, stupid cartoon no, nonsense. The They're taking this very seriously. And again, they did it, the Donna film as well. It's like the whole like it's like nobody's believing. It's like yeah, but the kids are enjoying. It. It's like yeah, I get it. Are they I, though? I yeah I, yeah. I also think like in the first Wonder Woman film, it, it again harking back to Donna and the tone of that kind of stuff they kind of just give her arbitrary powers whenever she needs them. like the whole yeah. like I smash my bracelets together and yeah like Ching, it's very much that like loose attitude and I, di- I didn't hate this mode I, I think if you're going to go for sh- we we want to put in the invisible jet because, this is a way to do because it. people know about it and it's a you know it's it made f- as much sense as Superman is powered well, everything about his culture is crystals when that yeah. was not in the comics and they just decided we're going to do this now yeah. and everyone's like you can't do that it's like it's in a film now yeah. um, but as an allusion to like not just like the jet's invisible because it's a stealth technology they've been inventing and it's a fictional blah 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 it's yeah. like oh yeah because the Themyscira is like I guess that kind of makes sense ah fuck it go on with it yeah, show me the fireworks kind of makes fuck off it's all magic it's not fucking science Jack yeah yeah, it's called the, it's the, God the, powers. The, the fact that she says I did it to a coffee cup once Ah, and then levity. just nails this one, as you said, to very conveniently just like, well, I guess it worked perfectly this time. I mean, that's a classic. I, I've shot this be- kind of thing before. Really? Well, it was a court gun last time, but you know what? I'll be fine. Psoom, hits the fir- perfect bullet. It's that kind of ear of dumb. Yeah. I get it. I'm not, I'm not defending it too much. No, I'm just I, saying that... I fucking hate yeah. it. That's what you can, man. I, no, yeah. no shame I can that. understand people hating it. I personally thought, okay, that's, that's pretty good. I'm yeah. fine with the Invisible Jet being a thing, Yeah, her turning a jet that Steve can fly for some reason Steve flying is a bit arbitrarily stupid, yes. invisible. My, my, my literal note was, I actually don't hate that explanation. Oh, <laughs> my note was, I fucking hate this scene. There we go. Um, they fly dangerously close to a bunch of fireworks. Yes. Yeah. And we have some flying scenes of an invisible jet. So we just see some clouds moving. Like, yeah. Yeah. We can't see the... Why are you showing this? I love the bit. idea that the VFX people have to make a jet to fly through that so they can make it invisible. They've got to make a full 3D <laughs> model yeah. of a jet to turn it invisible to then fly through it's, CGI clouds. It's, it's a Triceratops in Jurassic Park. How do make one lying down? Just make one standing up and push it over. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> there's there's a scene later in the film where I think it's they're, they're then heading back to Washington, D.C. or they're heading, they're heading back somewhere and it has a, it has a very quick shot of them taking off in the invisible jet yep. which is invisible and I it, I had to rewatch the scene three times because I was like what the fuck's happening what's meant to be going on here <laughs> oh it's the invisible jet it's taking like, off don't put an invisible jet in this I mean, fucking yeah. movie because at least in the old like you get the joke in the comics where you just see Wonder Woman sat in thin air that's dumb and uh, this whole fucking thing is dumb are you insane yeah, this is as stupid okay as that. The problem, the reason we because it doesn't work is because they're taking it seriously. She doesn't like, oh, don't worry, I'll come up with something. And he's like, oh, thank God. They don't like, 
what the fuck is this? This is crazy. He just goes, oh, cool. Yeah. The, the, there's no consequences for anything. They don't discuss anything. Things just mm. happen and the characters go, nice, cool. Let's move on then. Anyway. Anyway, yes, yeah. Uh, they're off to Cairo for some reason sure. to stop Maxwell Lord because he's after oil. He's got an appointment with a sheikh. He has. Uh, he convinces the sheikh to sell his oil and giant balls appear and then he sold his oil to the Saudis so he steals his security team. None of this matters. Yeah, no, it's pretty... Uh, full <laughs> they have a bunch of like news stories of like, yeah. oh, people can't access their water and stuff. Like, and Then we don't talk about that for another hour and 20 minutes until it matters again. For a film... And I'm going to be mm, political. For a film with Gal Gadot as a lead, Ugh. considering... Israel and Palestine. She's a yeah. former IDF member. And this is oh, yeah. the plot you want to talk about. Yeah. about Putting up a big wall in a Middle Eastern nation. Between two halves of a mm, yep. lots of big history. And they're like, I feel like maybe we should step away from anything yeah. to do with this. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it is again, it's like, oh, but it's the 80s. Is it? Yeah. In the second action mo- scene in this movie, they fight the trucks and stuff. And then that's the thing. She's sort of weak, but not really. But sort of got her powers, but not really. She gets hit by a bullet, but still super strong and able to throw trucks around and stuff. Sure. And Steve can drive military trucks from the 80s in the Middle East, even though it'd all be around the wrong way. And <laughs> 70 years out of date. Steve is the also, best she, of us. She also changes clothes remarkably quickly. She, she's suddenly in her Wonder Woman thing, running alongside the truck yeah. and like... Is she wearing that underneath everything else? Phone like, booth. She's just spinning around in a circle. <laughs> then she changes. At least there's an explanation. It's just that they they just don't fucking explain Spin anything. Spin around. Uh, Max escape. Oh, they, they find Max. They, ser- they, they search Egypt by driving past him and going, oh, that was him. Better turn around now. No detective work. No sleuthing. No like. It's not Batman. <laughs> They specifically say, oh, we're going to go on a mission to try and find him. And then they literally drive past him in all of Egypt. They know he's in Cairo. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, well, I guess we better drive past him arbitrarily. (sighs) The more I talk about this movie, the more I hate it. It's fair. Um, And where I've scrolled back up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so angry I've scrolled. Um, Thanks to all this stuff. Max Lord now owns more than half of the world's oil or something, some arbitrary description. Yeah, sure. yeah he sure. starts getting people to show up to his office. Oh, would to, yeah. yeah. Full he, disclosure, my pitch is exactly the same. The only difference is when they get there, it's the Sex and the City girls. Oh, thank <laughs> God for that. Boom. Cross they over. go to Abu Dhabi and it crosses over. Yeah. Um, Barbara discovers the history of the Dreamstone and tells Diana about it, and they learn it was created by the God of Lies or the Duke of Deception. He goes by many names. Fuck off. They they do there's a visit to a guy who is a Mayan mm-hmm. descendant. Descendant ish. But is called Frank Patel yep. and is played by an Indian actor, yep. I believe. Yep. I was like And has dreadlocks. Yeah. My note for this was this whole Mayan dude thing feels racist in ways I can't put my finger on. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. He's like my great great grandfather knew some stuff. Like, yeah. Is wait. How long ago do you think the Mayan civilization was? Do you think it was a hundred years ago? <laughs> I'm very confused. Anyway, uh, 
it grant we learn that it grants the user's wish, and as Matt mentioned earlier, it basically does a monkey paw thing and does a revenge curse on you. Yeah. Unless you either renounce your wish or destroy the stone itself. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, as we know, the stone has kind of already been destroyed, sort of, in that it's been absorbed into his body and crumbled to dust and stuff. Mm, so mm. tricky. Maybe we'll find out consequences to that. Just snap his neck, right? We don't. I mean, that actually, would, I, uh, that would probably mm, solve the problem. No, mm. <laughs> no, we don't need one of the, any. One of the little fights, fights, one of the little disagreements that uh, uh, John Firth, Clark, and I had was about Maxwell Lord. We'll come back to it at the end of this, okay? If I remember, Diana's powers continue to diminish, and Barbara's humanity, okay, begins to diminish. Although neither of them are willing to renounce their wish, even though they know this is the thing, they both mm-hmm. kind of descend into further madness and stuff Selfishness like that. Selfishness and I want this. You yeah. know, I refuse to really, you know, shortcuts. Yep. As Tim said, Maxwell Lord hires a bunch of people because he's able to wish for more employees, basically, and become super, super rich. But we learn his health is deteriorating and his relationship with his son is getting worse. Mm. And he's basically neglecting his, his son. His Asian son. His Asian son. <laughs> <laughs> that's an excellent point Tim they just don't explain not that you need to I'm not being weird mm-hmm. like oh we have to show the Asian wife to yeah. show he has an Asian son but they just don't there's <laughs> another thing they just don't talk about <laughs> oh poor old Alistair little little Alistair most Asian of names <laughs> um, he grants a bunch of people's wishes becoming sort of worse but also better and then also worse again, kind of unclear why some of the wishes he grants, what he takes yeah. back from them and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, he goes and visits the president of the United States, who's not Ronald Reagan. Good. Is he? Better world already. <laughs> he's, I think he's, <laughs> he's meant gen- to be Reagan-esque. Generic but... president, sort of Reagan-esque. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because he wishes for more nuclear missiles closer to the Soviets. Because Cold War. And then they're like, you know that's an act of war, right? And he's like, wait, what? <laughs> oh no, the consequences, this is the first time anything has consequences in this movie, yeah. is where he wishes for more nukes near the Russian borders and Russia reacts. Yes. Fuck me. Uh, Max also learns of, ready for another bit that Jack hates, a secret satellite system that can broadcast to anyone in the world with magic technology particles. <laughs> it's pretty stupid. It's this, fucking this, stupid. This We're going into Superman 3 territory now. Yeah. We are. We are. Um, Everything, the convenience of it all is what really fucks me off. The fact yeah, that mm, Wonder Woman it, can just turn a jet invisible and be like, I've done this once before and now I can do it again, like perfectly. And he's like, oh, how can I? So I need to touch people to grant their wishes. Did you say those particles touch everything? Like, yeah. No, that's not how. What kind of particles do you think? Yeah. What are they? Oh, are you Jack and Science Magic? Yeah, it, physics it, Jack is like, that's not a thing. Yeah. Everything if, is part. What are you talking about? If that worked, then doing it over the TV should have worked or being able to like ring up someone and all do it over the, the phone. touching and not touching. So yeah. which one do you want? Yeah. yeah. Can you, you can do it through particles that they don't explain. It interacts and is able to change technology, both old and new. Like, yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean change? So it works with like analog shit. It can dial like rotary phones for you. Like, what does this mean? Human flesh. Oh, I fucking, I hate this movie. <laughs> I'm hating it more and more with every sentence. Um, this is all good for me because it means whatever I pitch will be good. His yeah. body begins to deteriorate even more. He gets like bloodshot eyes and 
unkempt hair. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which for the 80s is a crime. Yeah. He does this basically, just like, oh, my fringe is in slightly different position, I guess. Yeah. Oh no. I'm falling apart. Yeah, that's how you fall apart in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and he grants wishes globally to steal the strength and life force from everybody around the world. He becomes, and that's right, anti-Goku. <laughs> he does an anti-spirit bomb and tries to steal everybody. Well, we've we've jumped over the fight in the White House. Um, oh, I, we've not yet. Oh, so I apologize. We're I about can, to get there. Uh, Diana and Steve confront him, but Barbara betrays Diana, fights her off because she's got powers and stuff. There it is. And then Max escapes. We Well, we also, because he, he also wishes for the or when the president wishes for nukes yep. he wishes for like well i have your authority. i have your influence and power and authority yeah, yeah yeah uh which means he can set sick the secret service people on diana as well yes. yeah uh and we we learn that the tea trays in the white house are bulletproof yes <laughs> Diana's Diana not bulletproof but the yeah the, the tray they is. can stand up to multiple close range shots yeah. from uh, I, from pistols. Knowing America, I kind of believe that. <laughs> it's really no. I was like this teapot is bulletproof. I'm like it's the president's it, teapot. Yeah, if it was in a if it was in a submarine where it's oh like, well, or, yes, you know, or a cartoon, the yeah. ashtrays that never break but, or break in three pieces, sort of thing. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. But yes. no, this is just an antique t- tea tray that they happen to grab. Uh, I don't know. In this in this universe, I like everything's bulletproof, except for those columns, except for Wonder Woman, except for her. Anyway, the tray made a wish. <laughs> I wish to be bulletproof. <laughs> but no one will ever serve tea on you ever again. Yeah. Why? Because you're full of big old dents, you fuck. Yeah. It's like, no, my curse. <laughs> Steve eventually convinces Diana to renounce her wish and let him go. And she gets all of her powers back. Then she gets a super suit for some reason. Yeah. Surely you, surely you get the suit to compensate, to for, compensate the fact- for the lack of powers. And she gets the armor of Goldar, the Power Rangers' greatest <laughs> villain. I have it's written very that in my 80s. Notes. It's supposed to be like super 80s looking. Like it does not look like well, it's to me her, at all. Well, it's her art. It's basically the, the armor she has one. from Kingdom Come, isn't yes, it? Sort of, yeah. yeah. Um, Which again was 90s. 90s to me. Yeah. 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 Um, this is the armor of Asteria, a legendary warrior that we don't. And definitely not a climbing plant. Really. <laughs> we don't really talk about and then it becomes a plot point for some reason yeah I was like where are they going with this and by the end of the film I was like "Uh, uh, oh there's no consequences brilliant sure thanks with that I guess Uh, she becomes Goldar and can fly even though she can already fly and has her powers I I don't why they would do this Mm. it would make sense if she was fighting with the suit I'm fixing the movie at this point she was fighting with the suit and realised she still couldn't win a mech suit and and it's kind of a mech suit. Nah, it's it's, it's armor. armor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't fl- it flies. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. The film doesn't care and I don't care. It would make sense if she was using it to fight and then she still couldn't win and then she had to give up Steve yes. to get her powers back to win. That's a much better... But she doesn't. She already has her power and a mega armor suit. So it's like, the... cool. Okay. Yeah. This... <sighs> One of the problems with the film and it's something that kind of is in the first film but i i don't mind it as much there because of just because of what she's facing up against but throughout the film even when she's losing her powers i never particularly feel worried for nope. wonder woman she and gets a, shot no. twice yeah and is like i'm fine and especially in the final fight when as we say she's re-got her powers back and has shiny new armor yes and she's fighting against 
Barbara, as we'll get into in a second, Cheetah. Yeah. Spoilers, Tim. Jeez. I do apologize, <laughs> but she she just trounces her. Like yep. it never feels like nope. she ever has to be worried. She's fucking Wonder yeah. Woman. Yeah, that, it is also all flashbacks. Everybody. Yep. <laughs> well, you already know she's gonna be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I thought she was with you. Yep. Diana flies to the satellite base. What the fuck that means? <laughs> and battles Barbara, who has transformed into a humanoid cheetah creature after very specifically saying she wants to be an apex predator. She says a whole bunch of things. <laughs> I don't want to be like anyone else. I want to be number one. I want to be on top. And then pauses, basically looks at camera. I want to be an apex predator. Mm. Like, if you hadn't said that last line, you'd probably be fine. <laughs> now you're in cats, motherfucker. <laughs> now, you're a to... now you're a jellical fucking idiot. Dun, 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 Break dun. out the digital fur technology. Yeah. She looks worse than the cats in cats. I'm going to say that right now. Yeah. No, that's fair. Fucking terrible. Uh, mm. Different kind of worse, but still worse. Yes. Yes, I agree. Mm. Kristen, Kristen Wiig is fine in most of this movie i actually quite like like i said i think it could have been really interesting if she's getting diana's power as yeah, diana is getting weaker absolutely. and she's the counterbalance to her and all this kind of stuff mm -hmm. and then she's cheetah for no fucking reason like oh you did the aquaman thing of like what villains do you know like yes. uh aries i guess you're yeah. like is that wonder woman villain i mean not really but we've kind of already done him so uh it's a recognizable word there's a <laughs> there's a there's a cat lady like what do you mean there's a cat lady like well, she's a cheater. Who's the Joker or Lex Luthor to Wonder Woman? That Catwoman, I guess. Yeah, so, sort Not of. Not that Catwoman. I guess. Maybe. She's, I mean, she is... She's one of the more recognisable yeah. characters, but and, and, wholly unnecessary. Yeah, I mean, one of, the, one of the problems is that Wonder Woman has a pretty weak... She does. Uh, yes. a rogues gallery. Rogues gallery. Um, especially in terms of villains who have like recurred enough. Yeah. And, and also, she also doesn't have the history of adaptation that... Uh, Batman and Superman do where yep. certain characters have made it into the public consciousness. Everybody knows who Lex Luthor everybody knows who the Joker is. Like, yeah. who's? I reckon if you ask a bunch of people who is num Wonder Woman's number one villain they'd be like, I don't know. It's going to be a pithy response. Some, some, other, some even, other woman? Like, even amongst comic book fans, I think the, the answer that would come up most often would be Cheetah, but yeah. it would not come up in the same way, it wouldn't come up as regularly in the same way as if you ask people who's Superman. No, yeah, every, yeah, yeah, yeah. every comic book villain, yeah. every comic book reader is going to go, it's Lex Luthor. Yeah. yeah. Um, the answer is, of course, the patriarchy. That's true. Mm. And bondage. <laughs> oh, read your history, people. Yeah. Good old Marston. Uh, anyway, after the fight, they fight in a lake and Diana electrocutes Barbara to death, but not to death. <laughs> and then drags her out the wall. She's like, I'm sorry, mm. I have to do this. Give it up, Barbara. And she's like, No, I won't. Like, okay, then you're dead. Enough yeah. Barbara's to fill the Nile. This, <laughs> <laughs> this Enough fight... Barbara's to fill the Nile. <laughs> this fight is very bad. Uh, it takes place at night, so they do weird. The lighting is really weird. Is yeah. a lot of swinging around. Um, <laughs> And there's shitty CGI in both of these movies for some reason. I yeah, don't know why. It does have a bit of a... And I, I defend this other movie as well, but oh, it no. has a bit of a smacking of uh, Electro in Amazing Spider-Man yeah. 2. Yeah. yeah. I compared it to Electro earlier on in the <laughs> synopsis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's nonsense. And then she drags her out of the water, and I'm like, okay, cool. She's just pulling the corpse out of the water. <laughs> I oh, assume she's I'm dead. I'm going to eat that later. <laughs> put it to one side. I'm going to skin it and put it on my floor. 
That'd be cool if she comes, like, the final shot is her, like, posing with, like, a cat skin. <laughs> this like, gold outfit. Main thing. This ostentatious gold outfit needs one more thing. A fur collar. Yeah, that would be just, really cool. Just wearing it back to the uh, the Smithsonian, being like, yeah. you remember Barbara? I'm wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> and then it shrinks back into a naked Kristen Wiig skin. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Consequences, Wonder Woman. Consequences. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Diana confronts Max and uses her lasso of truth to communicate with the world through him. She like whips his ankle and gets a little thing and convinces everyone to renounce their wish. Like, okay. I like so, it's a non-violent response. Yeah. After yeah. she beat the shit. <laughs> After she murders person. her Again, friend. It's the pick. It's Tim is absolutely right. The muddleness is pick a lane. Either you go with, well, she's not going to hurt anybody. So she can't fight this guy and just punch him. Like, you know, like a villain would. She has to out, you know, emotionally appeal to everybody in the world mm. because she's this character and she's so pure and believable and blah, blah, blah. And that's fine if that's the entire film, but it's not because literally five minutes ago, well, I guess I'm going to have to electrocute you yeah. mm. pretty much to near yeah. death. Yeah. She, she does a Goku. She says, lend me your energy, yeah. people of the world. I need a spirit bomb. We, we should also note that throughout like the second half back third of this film the world has been like utterly descending into chaos but that doesn't matter tim <laughs> there are no consequences but there's there's no consequences but for the in the in the climax we're meant to be very worried because there's nuclear armageddon because the there's literal you know, missiles in the air and because everybody when they got when when uh fucking maxwell lord showed up and was like hey you can wish for anything apparently a whole bunch of people were like i wish my country had nukes yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean um, cold war fears i guess I mean, if we were to ask people right now, I know they'd wish for some monstrous shit. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I also had a weird thought. This is just the time at this point in this movie. I was thinking, oh, all the people wishing the world. Is this where we get a weird cameo? Is this where we get suddenly, I wish my parents hadn't been shot in that alleyway. <laughs> oh, man, that would have been great. Little boy going, yeah. like, no, Bruce, give up that little wish. It's like, oh, one I of guess the, I one should. One of the people audibly wishes to rule the world. Yeah. And Maxwell Lord is like, wish is granted. It's yeah. like, well, it's not then, is it? Because you're, you're doing judge. that. So how does that, how does that work? <laughs> I guess it's, it's Bed Bath & Beyond world. There's actually world uh, of tanks. There's a comic book that's coming out now or is soon to come out, uh, which I believe is called 8 Billion Genies. Um, oh, and it it essentially has the same premise as this, where it is at a certain point, everybody had a genie show up and say, "Hey, you get one wish," uh, and everybody in the world got a wish. Oh wow! And the premise, the premise That's of really the book, interesting. basically, is like each issue jumps forward in time. So the first one is eight seconds after everyone has got their wishes. Then it's like eight days. Then eight weeks. Then eight years. And it okay. keeps jumping forward and basically saying the consequences of like every single person in the world got one wish. And it dictates what, human history for going forward. Yeah. And let's see Very what the fuck happens. Um, I haven't read it, but I... I as a I was, concept. As a concept. Amazing. Yeah. It's uh, published by Image, of course it is. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, written by Charles Soule. Love, oh, love me shit. from Charles Soule. That's amazing, yeah. Uh, artist Ryan Brown. Fucking love Ryan Brown as well. So. Okay, I'm, I'm very sold on this. I'm, I'm sold on it. I'm going to go check it out. Fantastic cover as well. Really That's cool, great. ridiculous, yeah. spacey, genie cover. You know the worst part about this? We're getting all enthusiastic and Jack's going to have to back to... Hurry down, my boy! Yes, I will. Uh, she persuades everyone to renounce their wish for some reason. Um, 
She then shows Max visions of how unhappy Alistair is, and he's like lost in all the chaos and, of the world. And, and also his own office. abusive upbringing. Yes. Yes. And him peeing the bed. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Sympathetic character, right? Sure. Um, Max renounces his wish. Wait, is that a fucking Donald Trump? Donald yes, Trump. It is. Yes. Oh my god, that, mm. I didn't put those. Yes, it is. Yeah. Everything is a Donald Trump reference, including the piss. Uh, <laughs> Max renounces his wish, reunites with Alistair. Barbara returns to normal. Basically, the end of the movie. Nobody explains anything. Sometime later, Diana meets the man who's Steve possessed. Yeah, yeah. And they share a little smile and stuff. Oh God. And he, he clearly has no memory of that period because he's she raped he, a guy. Yeah. Not to use that word, it's, but it's not the sunken place from Get Out, but it might as well be. Might as well be. Yeah. But he yeah. just doesn't remember it. Is, he just, is it? Yeah. Is it like the sunken place in Get Out? Is it like that Black Mirror episode where everybody's like stuck piloting a body that they're no longer in control? Mm. Is it being John Malkovich where you're like stuck in the body and you can't mm. control it? And he's like. There's that guy, the Hallmark guy in the background, like, get me out of here. Yeah. What the fuck? Why are you having sex? I have a wife. What are you doing? And Steve Trevor, like, hey, Diana, how's it going? <laughs> like, yeah, great. I bet you they'd write this. He was a complete 80s trash bro. And he's like, yeah, I mean, I'm having a great time. Like, Ugh. just have him be a coma, a coma person. Do you know? the coma, the, the meet like Joe was, Black thing, or yeah. just, just have Steve fucking appear. Yeah. yeah. Just have him appear out of thin air. Which, when Why is it another dude? weird anyway, yeah it's such matter. a weird way of doing it so many inexplicable choices in yep. this yep. movie and then asteria the the person whose armor is the golden armor oh, and yes. stuff oh yeah she's a thing apparently we briefly see her in the opening scene if you remember correctly i didn't uh is you revealed see, you see a statue of her when yes. doing yes. all yeah, the yeah. i talk about like, her being the greatest and you see the very very extreme close-ups of her eyes yes, yes. i was like what are they doing with this huh. yeah what are that is that's weird it's Linda Carter. Yay. Yay. They bookend this in the exact same way with the mall bit of like another wink. Yeah. And it's like, she literally looks to camera and is like, I've been doing this for a long time or whatever. And it's like, yeah. and that's the end of the movie. I, so I, I, I can't remember if it was as I was watching it or just before I watched it. But anyway, I, I, I saw the Wikipedia page for One Woman 84. You saw Linda Carter's name? No, oh. I saw, I saw a sentence that said like in, in the post credit scene, Asteria is revealed to have been alive all this time. And I was like, oh, are they setting her up as like she feels betrayed by the Amazons and like she's going to be a villain in the third one? Uh, I was thought the same Because there was no more context in that sentence. And then it no. got to the final scene and I was like, oh no, they're just doing a Linda Carter cameo. It's just a Linda yeah. Carter cameo. I thought the exact same thing because I also read the Wikipedia article and I was like, that's a weird thing to end on. I'm sure it doesn't end that way, actually. <laughs> as I was watching the film, and I was like, because I was making notes for my synopses, and like, yeah, I was like, okay, cool. So it's a Bruce Campbell thing where they just like, ah, he's there. It's the end of Dark Man, and he just smiles. <laughs> and it's like, right. I mean, cool. All good for Linda Carter, you know, OG Wonder Woman, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's acknowledgement. It's a paycheck. Very cool. Doesn't need to be a post credit scene. Doesn't need to be a whatever the ending yeah. of the. The ending j just happens, by the way, as we kind of said earlier it before we got into the synopses. Mm. Everybody just turns back to normal, and there's kind of no consequences. The for world it. forgets very quickly. The missiles are disappearing, yeah. sir. Oh my god! And then the Maxwell Lord reunites with his son. That's it. They don't yeah. go like, oh, oh and by the way, near the satellite base and just looks at the sunset and is back to normal. And it's like, oh, I regret being a cat person, I guess. Yeah, because usually we are expecting at this point, from conditioning for the last 10 odd years, 
sequel setup and we're also expecting um franchise setup and consequence we're not getting it because this is so standalone that it's saying don't worry about it yeah it was a fun little adventure like a like a we're one back one to the shot. status quo and don't yeah. worry it's very comic book it's like okay which isn't which is degrees fine it's just it doesn't especially for dc's model where they're not trying to set up this big overarching at universe this point, yes. at this point that makes sense and i i but the 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 fact that like what the fact that it ruins its own continuity because it insists on being in 1984 right it's yeah. like wonder woman has spoken has been this like voice in everyone's head 25 years ago mm-hmm. but everyone's forgotten about her now and so when she emerges like this would be in living memory for but, bruce but, wayne whoa, 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 and for clark whoa. kent there we go Hold on, hold on, Tim. She breaks the cameras in the mall, so it's <laughs> with the tiara. Um, Problem solved. Yeah, and stuff like oh, that's the... what they think they're doing with that scene, by the way. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. She specifically yeah. takes out the cameras and then goes like, "That's how no one ever sees me." Yeah, yeah. Thank God for that. Um, it's like fucking Batman. They uh, or fucking daylight. The wall that they put up in the Middle East collapses and then fills in with water for some reason. Yeah, because it cut off the people to their only source of water. It's not a dam, by the way. No. <laughs> it's just a wall in the middle of a road. And it's like... So then it becomes a dam of the water? So now, so now they've got this new inlet to deal with instead of a wall. It's fundamentally so, changing so, like the geography yeah, of the world. Yeah, so also, yeah. they're still separated because now it's a, a channel of water <laughs> that they yep. have. <laughs> yep. 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 There's a moat around this country now and you're yeah. fucked because no roads exist through yeah. them. Yeah. God, it has no consequences and has a bunch of weird consequences. And yeah. some of the wish things are like back to normal. And some of them are like, nope, consequences. Mm. Wait, what? And the villains, neither of them get any comeuppance whatsoever. They, like, or, and there's there's also very little implication, as we said earlier, that they particularly feel bad about what they've don't. done. No. They feel like, oh, I love my son, but I guess I'll just try again next time. Yeah. I'll just be a horrible businessman still <laughs> yeah as long as i don't use the dreamstone i'll be fine as long as i'm a capitalist asshole this i'll just be president in like 30 years time it'll be fine yeah problem solved yeah Ugh. it's a fr- i don't like i don't understand how you think this is a good movie Matthew. I, again, I think there's so many problems no but, i know okay, i'm, a, I know I'm the nitpicky asshole but like no 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 again I, I i do see what you're saying again I do get where you're coming from. This is why anyone need detractors. Uh, I absolutely understand where they're coming from when they say, that. and like anything, you can like and dislike something. You can say it's good, bad, or other things, and argue it certain bits and pieces. Um, I still think there are significantly, obviously, worse films. The intentions are good behind it. I can can bear a lot of things. I think picking a lane is more important, but but yeah. I think I think the, the intentions are so muddled. Like I can't tell what the filmmakers' intentions particularly were here mm. because it feels like there's, like I said, like three or four different movies going on at the same time. Sure, sure. And I think one of the things that that we've kind of sort of skipped over with this, because we've done a plot synopsis and cared about the things that actually move the plot forward. There's big chunks of this film where it's just Steve and Diana hanging out. They just hang and out. That's, yeah, and that's a lot of that. He changes clothes for like and five that, minutes. Yeah, and that is... I think people who like it will like it because of that, because they're both pretty charming actors chemistry in, these, enough, in yeah. these roles. They have decent chemistry. I don't think it's as good as the first film for some reason. They seem to have lost a bit of that. Yeah, that's right. Um, but I think that 
there's a, there's big chunks of it where there's not much plot going on or it's it's very plot light mm. and those bits are kind of better and um, then there's also th- as you said three plots happening at once yeah so you don't have a plot happen for 20 minutes and then you have to cram a bunch of shit happening into yeah. the next five minutes. Oh, God, there's an action scene. And Barbara's off doing a thing. And Max Lord's doing a thing. And yeah. now, oh, God, there's walls in the Middle East. And then just chilling out in an apartment having sex with Steve Trevor. Like, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is and going like, on? We could have maybe spared a fashion montage and gotten a little bit more like foundational development, development yeah. of yeah. like the plot. And this film would have not felt so muddled. Mm. Um, the jarring disconnect between the, the bits, yeah, yeah there's yeah. there's so much disconnect between like individual scenes and tones and and just what like what what is this film trying to say what is it trying to do the fact that it doesn't really apart from uh barbara kicking the shit out of the guy who's harassing her <laughs> it doesn't really engage with feminism like at all nope um which to a certain degree you could say well it's fine there should be you should Male superhero films don't have to talk about masculinity, although most of them do touch on it, just not uh, intentionally. Um, Hello, Zack Snyder. Yeah, you know, uh, it should be fine for there to be a a woman-led superhero film that doesn't have to talk about, you know, feminism. It it shouldn't be essential. But equally, it's Wonder Woman. The first film was a success off the back of the fact that it had quite a strong feminist message and that a lot of people felt very affected by watching it. Like you would think that you would at least speak to that, lean into that, do some kind of acknowledgement beyond mm-hmm. here's a creepy guy and we beat the shit out of him. We should probably get around to fixing this then. We should, we should. It's your job, Matthew. I'm on it. Should you choose to accept it? I do. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. You could start taking AG1 because you don't have uh, prep time. You want better gut health, more energy, or an optimized immune system. Thankfully, it doesn't taste like it's super healthy, with a mild tropical taste that people actually look forward to each morning. So what is AG1? With one delicious scoop, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All the things. AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits, supporting better sleep quality, and is cheaper than getting all the $100 pre-day supplements separately. So right now is the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition with just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving our listeners a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs and your fir- with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that's athleticgreens.com emerging to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We are also sponsored by Audible. Audible has thousands of audiobooks, 
podcasts, comedy specials, and so much more. And we're here to enhance this fantastic experience because if you head to audibletrial.com slash sequel, you can get a month free and an audiobook on us. We can recommend Wonder Woman Warbringer by mm. Lee Bardugo. I haven't heard all of it. I've heard samples of it, but it's got extremely high reviews. People really seem to like it quite a lot. It's a really engaging um, story very well read. So if you want like a, a, a fairly decent Wonder Woman story based on Themyscira, you're like, yeah, go with that one. It's a good shout. Or of course, any book that you can choose from their entire huge selection. So get on down to audibletrial.com slash sequel for a month free and an audiobook on us. Audible. That's how it goes. Rotten Tomatoes time. Oh yeah, God. Got my Rotten Tomatoes. It's been so long. It's not, it's been a week. It's been a little while. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been one week we did Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I'm going to do this remarkably straightforward. Thank Christ for that, I was worried. Just Wonder Woman, worried. Just Wonder Woman 984. Dawn of Justice singer. Nope. Yeah, no, no, no. Nothing needs to worry about. Just Wonder Woman, Just Wonder Woman 84. So, uh, let's say Jack, would you Hello. like to go first? Sure. Uh, Wonder Woman number one, 2017. I will go... 78%. 78%. Would you like a stab at the audience score? Oh, there'll be some real patriarchal dickheads. Um, it got review bombed at one point. I don't know if they've tidied that up yet. Uh, I know it did on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. Lightyear's right? getting absolutely obliterated yeah. for that. Yeah. It's, 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 it's gay kiss. Oh. It's insane to watch. Fucking idiots. If you review bomb anything, go fuck yourself. It's a fucking stupid practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be lower. 57. I'll swap the... Yeah. Sure, sure. Down from 70 to 50. 78 to 57. Yep. Sure. Tim, Wonder Woman, what do you think? I think a lot higher. Okay. A lot higher. Significantly higher. Wow. I am going to say 90%. Jesus. 90%. You might be right. I I reacted there because obviously I don't particularly care. But you might totally be right. Yeah. Audience, Mm. Tim. I, to be fair, I don't agree with that audience thing. I'm just mm-hmm. worried about the review bombing. Oh, no, I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. As always, it we're not be, trying to... It could be really fucking high from the audience score. Yeah. We're not saying what we think it should get or what we think it deserves. We're saying what we think it might have got. Like, yeah. Based on the, what yes. the nuts exactly. Audience, I kind of have no idea about because... I think it's either very positive because... Yeah. Yeah. Or review bombed by nutters. Let's go... 85. Damn. Fair. I think they're both totally fair. <clears throat> Jack, Wonder Woman 1984. Lower. I think it's got to be lower. Mm-hmm. I think the first one is held in pretty high regard. Bang on 50. Why not? Okay. okay. I worked for you last time, Matthew. <laughs> Did actually, yeah. Good point. <laughs> and what do you think of the audience? <laughs> Hard one to read. Know, what do you of, think of that? I'm a bunch of idiots. Um, Probably won't be that much different, would be my guess. 45. Okay. Tim, Wonder Woman 1984. Again, uh, yeah, I think Jack is right. A drop, but obviously I started higher, so I don't think it'll be as low. Sure. He said 50. I'm going to say 60. Okay. Fair. Totally fair. Because I think there'll be a lot of reviewers who are just like... My review would count as a positive. Yeah. That's three out of five. Yeah. Technically, I think uh, yeah, your I three think, out of five think, would count. Yeah, I think there'll be a lot of three out of fives kind of thing. 
audience wise it's so it's so hard to judge because it's like will people take it at most value. just most hate people, it because it's got a woman in it yeah there'll be there'll be people who just hate it because it's because they're misogynist uh it, people didn't see it in the cinema for the most part so they won't have that spectacle of it i'm guessing but, the review numbers like drop off a cliff yeah but then they're also it's not a film that has a huge amount of spectacle um got three action scenes in the entire three, movie yeah. for two and a half hour runtime yeah like that. um but it is quite pretty for the most part yeah like i said it's pretty well shot yeah um Let's say 73%. Dang you. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. Clean. Sweet. Oh, Tim's definitely got it then. Four for four. Ooh. Oh, wow. That's what I mean by clean sweet. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The the you know the 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 uh, mystique and air will be dropped immediately once sure. you do the first <laughs> one. But you know what I mean? Wonder Woman, 2017. Uh, Tim said 90. Jack said 78. Both y'all fuckers lowballed it. Wow. 93%. Fuck me. It's one of the highest rated DC mm -hmm. films. And I kind of knew that going in because I knew it had that, like, everybody came out and said, yeah, it's at least a three out of five and above. Everybody kind of, well, not yeah. everybody, but critically speaking, people were like, this feels like the first time DC's put the foot right. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. And the fact that it's with this character, well fucking done. Mm. And also at the time, you beat Marvel to it. So that became this yeah, whole came conversational point. Marvel, yeah. yeah. And it was after, it was fucking after Justice League and Batman v Superman, uh, sorry, Batman Man v Superman. of Steel, yeah. Batman v Superman, Justice League hadn't happened, but no. it was still... Suicide Squad is this happened. really the uh, Suicide Squad suicide has happened? Squad happened is yeah. this really the direction we're heading in? And then Wonder Woman comes out and goes, and people go, "Oh, thank fuck, it's not." There's, yeah, there's... it's not a car crash. Yeah, do more of this. Yeah, ninety-three fucking hell. Audience score. Uh, Jack said fifty-seven. Tim said eighty-five. The answer is eighty-three. Ah, they the did public... filter out the nuts. Yeah, then. there was a, there's a, there's a quite <laughs> a huge drop off. Things like there's still lots of them in there, but. Not to the degree I that... I specifically remember that happening, but I should have guessed yes. they would have sorted it out yeah. in the yeah. past five years. Yeah. Wonder Woman 1984. Round numbers this time. Jack said 50. Tim said 60. 58. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that's... Both of mm, you were yeah. kind of there, basically. Mm -hmm. Higher than Blade 2. It's, not, it's higher than Blade 2. I'm not happy with that. 57% <laughs> yeah, no, is, is my cutoff. Yeah. No, I get that. Very upset about that. Audience score. Jack said 45. Tim said 73. This is where things get probably most interesting. Oh, no. Tim nailed it oh. on the head. Oh, wow. Exactly 73. Wow. Because, again, People there are, are significantly fewer reviews. Yeah. yeah. yeah I guess There's the exact same amount of critic reviews, pretty much. Oh, so that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. And then the audience yeah. review number drops off massively. Yeah. Yeah. Fewer people saw it in general because of the whole release schedule stuff and the fact that it was part cinema, part HBO Max. Half people couldn't fucking see the thing because HBO Max wasn't available everywhere. Um, people have problems with it. People get back to it. But for the most part, and again, I sort of said this um, off air, you have to also remember the time it was released. December 2020, in what we now know to be the height of COVID, mm. a kind of sort of 
one of the heights of COVID. One of the many heights of COVID, yeah. A sort of 50 or 60% colourful positive movie felt like a breath of fresh air for some people. And mm. it was like, okay, this isn't this. It's wish fulfillment fantasy nonsense. It's a distraction from, I can't see my grandparents. People are fucking dying. Yeah. So for that wholesome thing, obviously there's still like a dark undertone. So that's why I think people still have a positive... Because again, we're talking about a 10% drop from Wonder Woman 1. Yeah, it should be much it's more. It's way worse like, than Wonder yeah. Woman 1. Yeah. So there we go. That's, that's what the numbers that, uh, say for this one. And I'm going to fix it. Fair. Yes, talk in, Matthew. Okay. Um, how do I fix it, you say? Very interesting. Okay, so, so first... I, I said before we started recording, I have a clear idea of what I would do. I'm very interested to see what direction you take in. Because there oh, yeah. is so much Wonder Woman-y stuff. As, as you know, I always pull from the comics and pull from this yes, thing and yes. take an animated thing and turn it into a comic booky thing mm -hmm. is what I would have done. I'm fascinated to see if you've done a mat and just done something completely original or taken inspiration from certain stories because you have yeah. like decades of legacy and cool stuff to do here. I'm fascinated. Okay, so I it will become apparent uh, the more we go through this pitch. That's how stories work, yes. This is true. But <laughs> That's how time works. <laughs> this is also true. Um, linear, for the most part. Mm, flat circle, Tim, flat circle. Fucking pandemic. No, but the idea being that um, the inspirations I've drawn will become apparent, but the things you need to know in advance are I didn't decide to do it on fucking nostalgia nonsense. It's set in the present day. Oh, okay, good. Thing number one. Thing number two this film is designed to have a sequel. This film is not a cliffhanger, don't get panicky. Uh, this is a film that is going to spawn more Wonder Woman stories. Right. And the other thing to remember is, for anyone who's read a lot of Wonder Woman comics, there aren't a lot, there are not a lot of definitive Wonder Woman stories. Mm. People who are like, oh, I love Wonder Woman stories, you could do so many. What? Mm. What exactly can you there's do? A, there's a couple of recent ones that stand out to me, and this is uh, where, recent, I'm, yes. where I would go with this. Mm. Um, it, I won't mention them in case I spoil your yeah, please, yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah, but yeah. like, there's a couple of, like, in the last decade or so, there's been a surprisingly good amount of good Wonder Woman stories. I agree. I agree. From very different sources mm. and very different creators, from Grant Morrison through to Brian Azzarello and yep. all kinds of other stuff. Mm. And um, I think Tom Taylor's done some good stuff as yes. well. So, like, yeah, there's, lo there's loads of stuff, weird enough. Like you said, she has a weird, like, sort of mixed origin story that then got rebooted and then changed again. Like, yeah. the origins of the character from uh, William Marston and Elizabeth Marston, like, their original creation, mm. very much changed as it went into the 70s and the 80s and all that yes. kind of stuff. And the woman to woman we know now is very different. Blah, 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 blah. Welcome to comics. Uh, of course, yeah. Yeah, I'm fascinated. I'm well, fascinated she's always been no, quite like, a good supporting role in, like, a Justice League setting. But she, in her own, like, this is my comic, this is my story, you tend to get, like, bits and pieces and highlights, but not really, mm. like, some iconic, oh, we've mm. got to do this Superman story, this Batman story, this Green kind of touched Lantern on story. with the villains, right? Like, there's no... Yeah. yeah. I mean, just to dip into comic book history very briefly yeah, please, for, yeah. for listeners who might not know, the reason that Batman and Superman are so well known is because they are the superheroes that DC continued publishing through the 50s and 60s when superheroes had become much less popular. Um, and comic books had moved over to different genres, a lot of horror, a lot of romance comics, stuff like that. But because Batman and Superman still sold well, they continued publishing, and so they stuck in the public consciousness. And then in the 60s, when superheroes became popular again, they, were, they had a, a continual stream of publication. Wonder Woman also has that, 
but mainly because DC would have lost, if they ever stop publishing her for a significant amount of time, they lose the rights to her. Yep. It goes back to the estate of William uh, Marston. Yep. Um, and so they were like, well, we're not going to lose out on her, uh, so we'll keep publishing her. And so mm-hmm. she kind of got elevated in the DC universe. Not that it had a DC universe at that point, really. Mm. Um, but the, the the reason that she exists in the public consciousness in the way that she does is because she had more of that legacy to look back on. Um, but due to the nature of how comic book stories were around that time, they weren't they weren't written to the same level and they weren't great consistent stories. And even most people will look back at the, the especially the fifties and go like, that's not a great period for Batman or Superman. particularly. Um, Is that Superman eats all the burgers years? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, you've got, I, I think it's in the forties that Otto Binder comes in to mm. DC because he was working on Captain Marvel, AKA Shazam. Yes. And then uh, DC bought those out. Um, and so he got moved over to Superman and wrote some great stories. Um, but mm. I think by the fifties, he'd kind of moved elsewhere. Um, yeah. And so she has, she has some good stories and she has a very long legacy, but she doesn't have the same amount of stories where you would point to and go, Hey, I hear you like Wonder Woman. Here's a great place to start. That's exactly Here's a it, yeah. great one-off story about her. Um, and DC tends to be stronger in that regard. They, they, they much more think about, um, Rather than having a a universe that is coherent, they would much rather you be able to be handed, you know, here's a Dark Knight Returns, here's yes, a Superman yes. Birthright, and it doesn't necessarily plug into the universe, but it has all the iconography you want, and it's a really great story. Yes. Um, and there definitely has been a push. Recently, there are more lots recently of those. to get Wonder Woman it, there are, up you, to that level. Yeah. If you'd um, asked me 20 years ago, what's a good Wonder Woman story? You'd be like, mm. I mean, whereas now, as Jack said, there are like four or five I can recommend. There is, yeah, yeah, but but Superman and Batman have like 20 or 30. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I think if you ask the average, even comic fan or or, 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 or audience member, cinema guy, where the various things they know Wonder Woman thing comes from, it's mostly the Linda Carter TV series That's, or yeah. appearances in a early 2000s cartoon probably yeah that's the other big factor yeah. is that she had the linda carter series which again that was mostly just fighting like nazis and thugs yep. Yep. so you don't have a in the same way that batman 66 has all these iconic villains in it you didn't really have that in the wonder woman series no, no, no. um in the same way that superman's rogues gallery is a little bit underwhelming yeah. because most TV shows can't afford to do the stuff from the comics. That's they it, can't yeah. afford to have Parasite show up or Brainiac show up. Or, no. It's uh, all too you know, big. Yeah, it's all too big. Mm. Um, and so they just do Lex Luthor over and over again. Yeah, that's true. It's, 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 he's an evil villain they, can relate to him. occasionally have Metallo show up because they can do him. <laughs> Man in a suit. Nail it. It was, yeah. that was it. Skin, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing with Wonder Woman. So... The whole way, for example, weirdly enough, Wonder Woman was supposed to be at one point before, you know, he was courted to do a lot of Marvel stuff. It was supposed to be part of that early Catwoman era film stuff, and it was going to yep. be Joss Whedon's going to make oh, this movie. Yeah, I mean, I'm, at the time I was like, oh like no, of, yeah, I'm really glad that didn't of that script, and it's a bunch of shit. Yeah, but I remember the re- faux feminist bollocks from exactly. Joss Whedon being a fucking nasty. Early two thousands, end of Buffy era, everyone was like, oh, we could have had something so great. And it then you look at it, you can write women. You're like, yeah, 
You look back at the script and go, this is dog shit. Yeah, it's fucking awful. We got yeah. a literal bullet dodged here. Yeah. Oh, and, and uh, Adrian... Deflected Pad- with a bracelet, um, if you will. Adrian... Adrian Pilecki. Yeah. yeah. Getting a, that TV pilot was yep. fucking awful. With a weird rubber suit. Yeah. I like Adrian Pilecki. She's great in like, she's Agents great. of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Stuff. She shows she's up good. Mockingbird and stuff. I haven't like... seen a great deal of the Orville. She's good in that. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Good actor. But not appropriate for that role because yep. that was a badly written show. Yeah. So, anyway. I have a lot of things to draw on. Yes. Where did I go is the question. And as I said, I think it will become very apparent to those who know the references and bits and pieces, even when I get into the casting. So. Mm-hmm. 2019. December 2019. Okay. The reason for this... Pre-pandemic. Yes. That was kind of when these things were supposed to be coming out in the first place. Yeah. It was unreasonable to suggest a 2017 film, 2019 sequel. And because Aquaman has come out. Okay. You ask yourself, why? Why is that relevant? Have you got Aquaman in your story, Matthew? No, well, that's that's not the... No, it's... It's the bombast of Aquaman. It's got an octopus playing the drums in it. Octopus playing the drums. <laughs> and big, big old fucking undersea battles. And it made a billion, partly because of the water and China loves water. But the point is that... That's a, that's a thing. It's a listen. thing. Sounds like Matt's making it up. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's weird. It's, China loves I, water. I can't. But it's, yeah. Either way... Hates ghosts, love water. That's exactly that's not, it. Oh my God, you nailed it, Tim. That is it. How to, how to be successful in the movies? Don't do ghosts, do water. I, I ruined uh, a friend at work's experience of movies by saying sad dad. And he said, what? I explained the theory of sad dad and said, you know, you'll notice this now in, in certain plots, films. And he was watching the new Adam Sandler film and went, oh God, it's a sad dad. Oh, fuck you, Matt. <laughs> um, and sure enough, it's the whole like, oh, why are there so many underwater sequences in these movies? I wonder China. why. <laughs> I wonder made which, a billion dollars. Yeah. I wonder which market they're trying to get into there. Anyway, so... I'm releasing them because at this point, DC has already pivoted to, we're going to go big, bombastic, silly, and it's going to be a spectacle. Yeah. Balls the wall. Who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. Go for it. Um, the tone will be dramatically different from Wonder Woman, the first film. That's just how it is because that's what I'm going with. Yeah. So I'm keeping Patty Jenkins. I think she's proven she can do very different styles of direction. Yep. I think she'll be fine. because she knows the character. She'll Agreed. make it work. Yeah. No yeah. problem. Yeah. No problem. And I, and I think after her shepherding uh wonder woman to to safety i think that you would there would be studio resistance of the idea to the idea of anyone there, taking over and you would have and to fan fight. resistance absolutely as well. you would have to be bringing in somebody so like well okay if it had ever anybody yeah and jenkins why would she step aside yeah you do a very dangerous thing around like and now a bloke's directing yeah and like, Ooh. yeah let's yeah. not do that no Cool. She yeah, was happy with Jenkins. She was meant to be doing Thor 2 originally, wasn't she? She was. Yes. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fucking place with Alan Taylor. Taylor. <laughs> fucking yep. Everybody's favourite director, Alan Taylor. So I'm calling my film Wonder Woman Fury. Oh, oh, mm. oh I have some theories, Matthew. Okay, cool. That might be just a fucking Age of Ultron name only. It may not be. We'll see. Wonder Woman. Jack's Age face of face. Ultron. Oh, oh no. Um, <laughs> no. No, no, not at all. It was a ah, and then a. Oh. Okay. <laughs> it was the meme of the woman reacting to oh the, the kombucha woman, kombucha yeah. woman. That's it, kombucha. Ha. Yeah. Mm. Ah. Oh. Ah. yeah. Mm. Returning cast as Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot. Mm-hmm. Zip. Chris Pine is Steve <laughs> Trevor. No nope. magical nope. transport body nope. nonsense. Nope. Good. No one's coming back from Wonder Woman. There's no really. Need them to like? There's no nope, no. Without reading my synopsis, I couldn't name another character that isn't David Thewlis, and even mm. then, 
it's the fucking actor's name. It's like, mm. yeah, Sir Patrick something, or like whatever. I Sir will Patrick be making Stewart. allusions to David Thewlis. We may see something in that respect, Ooh. but he's not going to return to me archive footage as far sure, as yeah, so that doesn't yeah, count. Yeah. Right, new cast. Oh, lo, there's a lot of them. Okay. Oh, interesting. Brace okay. yourselves. <clears throat> I'm hovering over my thumb like a I'm going to do the scroll. thing that listeners hate, whereby I go through all these characters and they go, Oh, I'm not going to remember any of these people. So it's one of the moments of you are. If you if you happen to be able to Patreon, if you can spare a quid or two, then you go and say, oh, look, here's the pitch. I can see who the people are. Great. Yeah. If not, pause and just Google it. In the role of Zola. Oh, okay. I know where we're going with this. There we go. It's there we go. apparent Here now. we go. This is, this is exactly what I would... <laughs> Maybe. We'll see what you We'll mean. see, yeah. Maya Hawke. Yep. Oh, yep. okay, interesting. Very she's interesting. been in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, Stranger Things, and she goes back to mainstream. And she's the daughter of Ethan Hawke. And, Ethan <laughs> and Uma Thurman. Um, yes. Sorry, the Batman in Batwheels, Ethan Hawke. That's yeah. correct, yes. Um, I like I like Maya Hawke a lot. I, yeah, I, she's I think great she's in Stranger fantastic. Things. She's, she, she is, and she's getting better as well. I think she's got a really solid career ahead of her. Mm. Uh, even like the, the five minutes that she's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, the, the Tarantino oh, film. Yeah. She's great in that. In, in the back of the car, just, just great. Right. Hermes. Hayden Seto. Uh, this is a dude who's in The Age of 17. But most okay. importantly, he's in Tiger Tail. And I think he's really solid in Tiger Tail. Um, Hera is Marley Matlin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, who is in Children of a Lesser God, Some Kind of Beautiful, and most recently, Coda. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, uh, Marlon Matlin is a deaf actor. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And Oscar those, winning. Oscar winning deaf actor, correct. And Hera is, for lack of a better word, considering Greek history, Zeus's wife. Mm. Yeah. She will be in this film, deaf and signing. Interesting. I've decided that's how we're doing it. Okay. Strife. Neve Algar. She's an Irish actor. She's in Calm With Horses. She's in Censor. And TV stuff. I think she's very good, very striking presence, and and very good as an actor. So yeah, Hades, Jacob Tremblay <laughs> from Room, The Predator, Good Boys, and a voice in Luca. People are thinking, wait, Hades like James Woods? Hades like, nope. If you know where I'm going with this, Hades is a little boy. <laughs> so Jacob Tremblay, Poseidon, Jared Harris. Oh, hello. I love me some Jared yeah. Harris. Man from Uncle, allied Robert the Bruce, and goes on to be in fucking Morbin time. <laughs> yes, he does. Morbius. He's one of those actors that I think he's like fucking brilliant. Mm. And then he's in a lot of shit. He, he yes. has this bizarre thing where it's like, God, he's amazing in Chernobyl. God, he's incredible mm. in this thing. He's amazing in The Expanse. And mm. then he's like, he's in Morbius. You're like, why is he's, he in He's Morbius? one of those actors who's kind of good enough that it doesn't matter because... You say that shit. You don't say he shit. No, no. exactly. Yeah, he he's, can get away he's, with anything. Yeah, he's yeah. he's quite impressive in that regard. He's one of my faves. Robert Downey Jr.'s Moriarty. Yes. Yeah. 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 Great Moriarty. Great choice of Moriarty. Bad don't, film. Don't, don't like that film. I yeah. don't mind it. Yeah, you're, it's on the list. You're a maniac. Apollo. Omar C. Oh, so I do like some Omar C. X Men: Days of Future Past, Jurassic World, Transformers: The Last Night, Jurassic World Dominion, and those three last films. Uh, don't know what to do with this amazing actor. Yeah. If you want to see a good example of him, go watch the Lupin series on oh, Netflix. Oh, he's amazing in Lupin. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's such a good actor. I, and go watch Intouchables as well. Oh, Intouchables is, yeah. yeah. Beautiful film. Also, also American from my remake. Taken pitch. Exactly, exactly. Because <laughs> I love me some Omasi. Yep. Lennox. Rafe Spall. Ah. 
Which again, I'm yeah. like, I don't know if that works for this character. Then realizing that I, the first thing I'm thinking was, oh yeah, he's in Green Street. This will work fine. <laughs> uh, Green Street, Hot Fuzz, uh, Prometheus, The Big Short, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Um, he's Timothy Spall's son. He's a good, he's a good actor. Uh, Denetrey, Dylan Penn. Everyone's going to, who the fuck's that? Uh, she's in Elvis and Nixon and uh, gone to be a film with uh, Sean Penn in Flag Day. She's the daughter of Sean Penn and Robin Wright. That is absolutely yes. correct. And Derano by Jane Lynch. Oh. Four Year Old Virgin, I Age on the Dinosaurs, Wreck It Ralph, yada yada yada, Jane Lynch. I'm going to make a Wonder Woman sequel that is so chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> You're goddamn right, Tim. Um, that's the only Glee member of the cast. I'm. I'm interested that you haven't brought back any Themyscirans. But we'll get into that, I'm sure. Post-game. I probably Maybe have Wonder and Wonder just forgot to put them in the thing. Because <laughs> it's just, just like fucking names. Wonder Woman 1984. Yes. There's a bunch of unnamed women and it's like, here you go. Yeah. I, to be fair, I almost definitely have, Tim. I've just forgotten to put them in there. Don't worry about it. Or more accurately, maybe I was saving it for later and it'll be a surprise. It we'll, ain't. We'll find out. I've just forgotten. Right. The fact that you cast Robin Wright's daughter, I was like, well, Robin Wright's my Yeah, it did make me think. I was like, oh, you, yeah. You'd think I would have film. mentioned it, but. Maybe. maybe I do and I've just forgotten. We'll see. So is that your lot? We've got a, bun- a bunch of Olympian tons gods. Tons of stuff. Mm, yeah. We're going full Greek with this motherfucker. Yes. Do I have a, yeah, have a theory about where this is going then and tying into yeah. my favorite Wonder Woman comic? And mine too. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, however, that that thing does need some tweaking, which I might have done. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I not... made my own little story from it. So, if we're all nice and ready, let's crack on. On Themyscira. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I, f- I forgot about that, Tim. <laughs> a tomb is <laughs> unearthed by unnamed women. <laughs> a bunch of ladies. No, a tomb is unearthed, and a shrouded figure enters. Derano creeps around until she finds a shrouded body and breaks off a finger, returning to a shack masked with the same sort of enchantment that hides the island from the world. And makes that jet invisible. That is also a thing mm-hmm. it does. She, she grinds down the bone and adds it into a boiling pot. I've also picked Elaine. Elaine isn't the Richard Donner stuff. Elaine is... gone dark and creepy. I've gone... Yeah. I, well, not done. Yeah, maybe a little bit, yeah. Um, She's taken a bone and I've gone kind of dust. Doctor Strange with it. Yeah, mm. sure. From the pot of a young woman, no, sorry, sorry. from the pot, a young woman arises, wreathed in black. Uh, sorry, in red smoke. There are no cackles before we cut to a title screen that reads "Wonder Woman: Fury Road." <laughs> <laughs> Late at night in a Manhattan apartment, a gentleman is stood on the balcony looking out over the city. Three young women coax him back to bed, mm. but he says duty calls. Mm. Finishing his glass of wine, he breaks the glass and carves a symbol into his hand. Doing so transforms the man into the god Apollo. Ah. The women convulse and speak as one, vessels for an unseen oracle. They state that 101 years without a complete pantheon, thanks to the death of the god of war in 1918, has thrown things out of balance, in accordance with the prophecy. Mm-hmm. They say the prophecy speaks of Zeus going missing, a war between the gods, and that Apollo will sit upon the throne of Olympus. The god smiles before the women collapse to the floor. Very interesting. No one woman in the film yet. <laughs> yeah, true. Over in Queens, a young woman, Zola, is asleep in a bed when she hears someone break in. 
arming herself with a bat man she goes to him <laughs> not a batman that happens in shazam, shazam though yes he does arm himself with a batman yep arming herself with a bat she goes to investigate and sees a horse the horse is broken in <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> the creature turns around and is revealed to be a centaur the, yeah the horse is broken in mm-hmm. who chases her out of the house crashing through walls just when it seems Zola will be killed, a young man with a cane appears and teleports the entire fight from Queens at 3am to Paris at 9am. Don't know why you're explaining the time zones there, Matthew, but sure. Because it's middle of the night and people are asleep and people are awake. And in the morning, okay. More specifically, to the house of Diana Prince. Thankfully, Wonder Woman is prepared. Because it's and- 9 in the morning, she's up. <laughs> sure. Thankfully, Wonder Woman is prepared because it's nine in the morning and she's up. <laughs> Thank you. And protect Zola, beating up the centaur. <laughs> I'm imagining just a big CGI horse fight and her like suplexing a horse through a window and stuff. I, I, I'm i a big fan of Nietzsche Joe where the, the principal of that school suplexes a deer. So yep. you're absolutely That's right. Exactly That's exactly what's what happening. Thought, yeah. <laughs> From here, we are properly introduced to Hermes, who reveals that Zola is pregnant, which is news to her, with Zeus's child. This is going where I think it's going so far. Mm-hmm. Diana said she was told the Pantheon were all killed, but Hermes says, clearly not. Diana responds that she's going to put on a pot of coffee. In Themyscira, the woman we saw in the pot is conscious and asking who she is. Derano tells the story of how she was once Queen Hippolyta's lover, but she was cursed when Zeus took an interest in the Amazonian queen. Until he mysteriously vacated the throne, she has been living out a cruel life as a statue. Hippolyta never sought to find out what happened to her, so now she has been released, she will have for her revenge. The woman again asks who she is. Derano says a weapon doesn't need a name. The tone toward her creation is filled with scorn, but settles on Denetre. Continuing her story, relishing how she will have revenge on the Amazons by having Denetre challenge Hippolyta for the throne, Derano doesn't notice Denetre walking around the hovel. We see, a, uh, we see a suddenly shocked Derano look down to see a sword through her chest. Denetre, almost blank-faced, grabs a shawl and leaves the shack. Jane Lynch is out of the film. Jesus. Okay. Just for a point of clarification. Go ahead. Is it Derano who was once Queen Hippolyta's no, lover? No, sorry, De- Derano is the one who was... Yeah, she, so she was the... We'll get into this later, more pop points, I think. But Derano was previously Hippolyta's lover. Mm-hmm. And then... Hippolyta shacked up with Zeus mm-hmm. and her punishment was he turned into his statue and she never found out what happened to her and she's like well fuck you I'm out of this statue now I'm furious I'm gonna have revenge and I'm gonna do I'm this fury to... oh part of the uh, fury part of the fury uh, that hell hath no fury like a woman like a Jane Lynch Jane Lynched mm-hmm. um yes okay we see the lavish ethereal architecture of Olympus mm-hmm. news of the centaur being thwarted enrages Hera she chastises her daughter, Strife, for such a flawed plan. Strife hisses an apology and slinks away. With this, the doors are flung open as Apollo arrives. Looking around the chamber, he says he has heard Zeus was missing and has come to offer himself as a worthy replacement. Hera seems to have little care for the throne itself, her primary preoccupation being Zeus's inability to keep it in his pants slash toga. <laughs> that said, she completely emasculates Apollo, listing why he would not only be a terrible choice for chief deity, but barely fulfills his duty in his current role. She knows that without her complete support, he would be instantly batted aside by one of his uncles. Apollo, notably offended, 
seeing some truth in the claim, politely excuses himself. Go sort the sun out, you little bitch. <laughs> it's 9am somewhere. <laughs> Diana asks Hermes why Zeus doesn't protect Zola himself, to which Hermes explains that Zeus has gone missing. He adds that Hera is a thoroughly jealous woman and will stop at nothing to kill Zola. It's agreed that the young woman can't be expected to keep running forever, and they're going to need to ascertain a way to stop Hera from tracking Zola. Denitre quietly roams the streets of Themyscira and overhears that the royal tomb has been raided and that the body of the queen's sister, Antiope, has been desecrated. Realising what's happened, Denitre withdraws, but not before hearing a debate about whether to tell the queen's daughter or not. Many Amazonians feel Diana isn't a true Amazonian and can keep herself in the world of men. Believing this Diana is essentially her cousin, Denitre steals a suit of armour, sneaks her way off the island and sets sail for Europe. Is it a big Goldar-looking suit? <laughs> no. Thank God for that. It's just uh, a Normal Amazonian. Amazonian yeah, yeah, yeah. In London, we meet a man running a pawn shop. Zola enters and is told not to touch anything by the proprietor. Diana and Hermes follow into the shop, which causes the owner, Lennox, to sit back in his chair, sigh, and quietly mutter, bollocks. <laughs> We're going to get a, a moment where Ray Spall says, Hello, mate. <laughs> yeah, to tie into a few things. Yeah. The group go over introductions and formulate a plan, which relies on contacting two central Olympian gods to propose a deal. Making their way to the Thames, Lennox casts a spell, obscuring their actions from ordinary folks. After a few moments of stillness, Zola asks what's happening, to which Diana says, they are waiting. Hermes offers a slight expansion and says they're both here, but neither wants to be the first to rear their head. Fed up, Diana demands the individuals reveal themselves. A giant kaiju-looking creature surfaces with a catfish... You motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) It's not. With a catfish head, tentacles for legs, and human arms. From under an archway, a light emanates and a small boy walks out. I see what you're thinking. Yeah. The boy in question is dressed in all black, the top half of his head, and the nose up made of four burning candles. Hermes introduces the group to Poseidon, god of the sea, and Hades, god of the underworld, Zeus's brothers. For clarity, if you think to yourself, that's fucking insane. Two things. One, Aquaman's come out. Two, that's That's how it is in the the comics. comics. (laughs) I love the reveal of Poseidon in the comics, which is a massive fucking catfish face. You're like, Okay, when is Poseidon riding that? He's like, hello, I'm Poseidon. Like, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> yep. And yeah, the design of Hades is so cool with the so burning... So creepy, so brilliant. Wax yeah, on his waxy face. head thing. Yeah. I think Jacob Tremblay sort of uh, uh, walking the line of that kid actor who can be quite articulate, but also mm. quite innocent. Like, yeah. And Jared Harris's booming ass voice from a big old fish. Yep. Like, yes. Booming ass voice from a big old fish. I'll tell you something now that might sully people and be a bit disappointed here, but it makes sense later. I wasn't going to use Lennox originally. Hmm. I was going to use John Constantine. I thought I thought you were going to go John Constantine, but I didn't. Moving on. That's fine. Lennox is mm. Lennox is great. Appropriate. Neither God is happy that they've been summoned by a quote half breed, but Diana says Zeus is no longer in Olympus and she has a proposal. Poseidon rules Olympus by day, and Hades rules by night. The deal certainly intrigues the two deities who begin discussing logistics. As they do, Diana wraps Hades in the lasso of Hestia, giving Zola enough time to snap one of the smaller candles off his head. The wax burns down her arm, and Hermes announces that this will stop Hera from being able to track Zola. Before Diana is able to apologise and explain, she is struck by an arrow. 
Everyone looks over to see Denatray stood on the edge of the enchantment threshold. Lennox flatly asks, who the bloody hell is that? Or, hello, mate. (laughs) Denatray, seeing Antiope's tiara on Diana's head, is hit with flashes of memories. The pair fight, with Diana holding back, trying to diplomatically resolve the situation. The pair fight to a standstill, and Diana uses the lasso to learn that Denatray is somehow sort of both her cousin and aunt. Mm. Everyone is taken aback, it's very Greek. but Poseidon puts an end to the proceedings by knocking Denatray out. He proclaims the entire subterfuge was greatly entertaining, but he has grown tired of it all. He concludes Olympus holds nothing that interests him and departs. Hermes says this was probably the best outcome they could have hoped for, but Lennox, notice, but Lennox notices Zola is gone. We cut to the archway tunnel from earlier, where a furious Hades is dragging Zola to hell. And now the rest is directed by Sam Raimi. <laughs> Witch curse. In Olympus, Strife reports to Hera that Zola is in the underworld, very much giving the impression that she is dead and the mission is complete. She also adds that neither Poseidon nor Hades seem to have an interest in the vacant throne. Hearing this, Apollo, this time, demands the throne. Hera has a little concern with it and says a real god would have taken it without asking for permission. Apollo slowly ascends the steps and then sitting down becomes the chief deity, an action which is felt through the other gods. In London, Denetre regains consciousness and the heroes speak with her, learning of her origin. Even though a truce is reached, Denetre harbours a lot of resentment toward her cousin. Diana doesn't understand, but Lennox explains that while she was made from Antiope's bones, she was birthed from malice and hate, and the two may never see eye to eye. Back in Olympus, with Apollo on the throne, Strife reveals to her mother that she wanted revenge against the Pantheon and ensured she would be the kingmaker. Hera doesn't understand, but it becomes apparent that Strife is in league with Apollo, having sent him uh, the oracle message. So the thing earlier with the three women is actually mm-hmm. Strife sending the message through him, blah, blah. With this, Apollo turns Hera immortal and banishes her to Earth. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, Hera appears with the heroes. The group prepare to fight, but it's clear she is now mortal, albeit still very arrogant and unapologetic. There is a discussion of imbalance. Hera ultimately blames Diana for killing Ares, but not becoming his replacement. Denetre is hungry for the role, but no one thinks this is a good idea. Diana focuses everyone by reaffirming that they are going to hell to rescue Zola. Hera, learning Zola isn't dead, is furious, but can't do anything about it. This results in a short comedic scene with Hera slapping Diana, but it having zero effect. Mm-hmm. To keep both out of trouble, Denetre reluctantly agrees to look after Hera. Diana, Hermes and Lennox suit up and travel to hell. Upon arrival, they locate Zola, who has already given birth to a son and has named him Zeke. Diana doesn't understand, but Hermes explains hell operates on a time dilation, meaning Zola has been a prisoner for over a year. Diana apologises profusely, but Zola says it's not necessary. Hades has been a largely polite host, and being around him feels oddly familiar. Regardless, they all agree Zola and her son cannot stay in hell, and they break her out of her chamber. Back on Earth, Hera gets into Denetre's head and convinces her that she could be a viable god of war. Amused by the prospect, Denetre asks what she would need to do to achieve this. Hera smiles and details a way they can both get back to Olympus. Due to the time dilation, Hermes, Lennox and Diana have spent several weeks trying to escape. A huge sweeping vista shows an immense battle raging. 
It's a big, sweeping, epic confrontation akin to the scale of the underwater battle in Aquaman. Boom. I hope the Brian King is there too. It's going to be a big old fucking demon thing. <laughs> Realising the only way for Zola and the others to escape is an exchange, Lennox sacrifices himself. This works as planned and Hermes nods to Diana, taking Zeke and teleporting away. Returning from hell, Diana finds that Denetre and Hera are gone, coming to, con- coming to the conclusion there's only one place they would go. Hera and Denetre arrive at Olympus. Apollo is impressed that she managed to find her way back, but is sucker-punched by an angry Denetre. The two fight, and she is clearly no match for the fully-powered god. What's more, this action is likely going to get Denetre and Hera killed. However, before Apollo can deliver the final blow, Strife kills him. Mm. Damn. Hera is pleased, but Strife explains she is merely fulfilling the prophecy. Apollo would sit on the throne, but she would kill him to make way for the true ruler of Olympus. This causes a lot of confusion as everyone present looks around, wondering who this could be. In that moment, the great doors of the throne room swing open and Diana walks in with Zola in tow. Picture the scene of Aragorn returning, that sort of energy. <laughs> it's like, who would be the, the true ruler of Olympus? Ba 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 ba, Wonder Woman, that kind of thing. From this, we are treated to a large, awkward Mexican standoff. <laughs> While everyone is preoccupied, Hermes arrives and places Zeke, little toddler, on the throne. In doing so, a shockwave emanates through the room, instantly aging the baby up and revealing his true identity to be the reincarnation of Zeus, played by Billy Zane. (laughs) (laughs) Billy fucking Zane. Billy fucking Zane. The action of Zeus returning to his throne also affects Zola, who explodes out of her body and towers with her true godly identity, Athena. Yeah. You've seen Dogma, you know how it works. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Hermes explains. Monster, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hermes explains that Zeus knew that a century of an incomplete pantheon could spell a prophetic power struggle, and that he would need to secure his legacy. He wiped Athena's mind and impregnated her with himself. Jesus. Diana says to Hermes, frankly and aghast, and you figured this out? Hermes shrugs and admits and admits this family has a history of this sort of stuff. So you eventually learn to see the patterns. (laughs) And that it's gross. While they were fighting for those weeks in hell, he got a sense of who Zola and Zeke truly were. Stepping down from his throne, Zeus restores Hera's ability and then elevates Strife to be the new god of the sun, in line with the prophecy. He then notes the pantheon is almost complete, but they still need a god of war to prevent him from losing his powers once more. Diana explains she lost everything because of war and will not be an agent for it. She talks about a lot of stuff, the fact she's been exiled from her home. It's not just, I love Steve. I can't do it because I fell in love with a man about a hundred years ago. (laughs) And that's about it. Athena, having regained her memories, says the station of war is a bit of a misnomer as people ultimately fight for peace and to protect others. That's the kind of god of war Diana could be. Hermes quietly reminds Diana that Athena is the goddess of wisdom so knows what she's talking about. With that, Diana reluctantly accepts. Months later, Diana and Denetre are sat on a pier, discussing that they will have to come to an accord at some point, but for the time being, she needs to be trained. With it being agreed that the Themyscira training methods are ill-suited, Diana has arranged a different tutor. In front of them, the waves rise, and Arthur Curry lands on the pier, (laughs) cracking his neck. (laughs) 
whatever. Well, Yahoo! Drink, What's some, up, bro? Whatever. Yeah, drinking some goddamn whiskey. My man. My man. That's him. He smirks and asks, this Diana, is this Donna Troy? <laughs> Diana corrects him, but Dennis Ray says she likes this new name better. Yes. Take a moment, comic fans. <laughs> Diana goes to hand her tiara but, uh, to Donna, but uh, is told it was given to the right person. Donna then smiles and says she'll get her own. Arthur asks what Diana will do now. Diana asks, says she will need to go home and speak with her mother. Arthur wishes her luck, and with that, the group go their separate, separate ways. Big superhero shot close. Credits. Through a post-credit sequence, we see that the new shuffling of the Olympian pantheon has caused a glacier in Antarctica to crack. Hello, Steve Rogers. Inside okay. the massive wall of ice, we see the outline of a muscular man. His eyes open and glow a bright yellow, cut to black. Interesting. He's a crossroads demon from Supernatural. <laughs> Is that the firstborn? That's firstborn. Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Again, comics, ladies and gentlemen. So, I have effectively taken the Azarello Cliff Chang Absolutely. Run, yeah. Which and is take, my favourite Wonder Woman. It is my favourite Wonder Woman story as well. My only problem with that story originally was it's a bit convoluted in terms of an actual single narrative and Wonder Woman doesn't have as much agency as she could and I wanted to inject a Donna Troy story into it which comes later as a separate part of a different arc. And I thought, that's pretty cool. I'm going to put in, inject that basically. Make it more of a tie-in to the whole mm. uh, Antiope rage and hate and yada yada. Mm. Uh, and do a big Greek pantheon story. It's Wonder Woman for God's sake. I mean, Thor is doing that already with you know, Norse stuff. Mm. And they have Olympus coming up in Ragnarok. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Ragnarok. Um, Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder. Love Thunder yes, exactly. Yeah. Um and so I wanted to do that. And I think I, I do I do love the uh, the look, the feel, the designs of the Asarello Chang stuff. And I'm like, yeah, we're we're going down that road. Some of my say, oh I really prefer the grand realism of one one one. It's like, cool, enjoy that. But this is now and this is where mm. we're going forward with it. And also there would be more stories. As I said, we set up in the, that that post credit sequence, the firstborn, which for those who don't know is uh, essentially before the Amazons started killing off all the men. It was the first born, basically. Mm. And it's 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 a classic Greek familial stuff. It's Wonder Woman's brother, basically. Uh, Half-brother. Um, but yeah, it's it's a big, bombastic, silly, mm. colourful, quite dark, quite uh, adventurous fantasy thing, which I think Wonder Woman has the capacity to be. Um, made much more sense for me to go down this kind of road than anything else. It was always in my head that I go down this road rather than mm. say, oh, do I try and fix the 1984? No, why the fuck would I say it in the 80s? All the <laughs> things we did, I just literally chucked it out and mm. went to the comics and said, this is a good story. I'm going to tweak a few bits and pieces here. Mm. It's also, you know, Greco nonsense and it will work mm. nicely. Etc. Greco nonsense. Yeah. Uh, as someone who hasn't read that run, although oh. I've had it on my list for many years to, to go back. And Thankfully, I haven't ruined it. it for you, but yeah. still there are bits there. Um, yeah. I would say it feels a little bit busy, and oh, it is knowing that you've brought in stories from like later the 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 the, the Donna Troy Denna Trey stuff did feel a little bit mm -hmm. squeezed in to mm. the to the central thing. That's fair, um, but could probably work. You know, just I think yeah, you just have to make sure that um, you know you're it's it's properly massaged in there. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fair. I think. Um, there's 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 some interesting stuff going on there with like her being kind of born of rage and stuff like that and um and the the idea of like the position of the god of war and and I think there's some interesting stuff there 
um, mm. that just needs kind of bringing to the fore. Um, yeah. But overall, I'm very like, yeah, Greek stuff. Some I I'm aware of some of the designs from that the the Cliff Chiang de- designs yeah. for the Pantheon, and they they were very good. I really like the cast the casting that I know. I'm very like pro. I think that would be excellent. Agreed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I I think generally speaking, I think it's a a much better than eighty four. Oh god. Yeah. Um, I think it makes sense to be telling like a modern story with Wonder Woman. I think it also makes sense that it, yeah, like you say, if you've got Aquaman and you've got Shazam coming out a bit later after that, um to push wonder woman towards this like bigger more bombastic just making the universe a bit like weirder and Mm -hmm. yeah i think i think there's a lot in there that would work well i think the the sequences of like them battling through hades could be really interesting you can get some really fun visuals there um yeah i i I, overall i i liked it i think um yeah, I think I think there's, there's yeah, some good Shazam stuff. Yeah, Shazam comes out earlier this year. That's right, yes. So yeah. it's already like, you know, six months mm-hmm. later. The, like, yeah, as far, as far as I'm turned, the, the pivot or the course correction has already been made. Yes. I'm just pushing it much further down that yeah, line. Yeah, you're just, just yeah. following on with that. Yeah. Um, I think it, because you take a very specific path into the, the, the ancient Greek stuff, um, mm-hmm. it loses out a bit on the wonder woman in the human world element mm-hmm. yeah sure um but i guess you do have like zola kind of to a certain degree like works with that because she would be for them for the most of the film she's the the audience she's kind of regard, an audience yeah. surrogate like what the yeah. fuck's going on it, it's a weird one because you're, you're right tim entirely and I mean, obviously it's me being semi I mean, again i've just made huge huge changes to what's in the comics so i'm not being purely slave to it um but at the same time I kind of never particularly like Wonder Woman in a normal setting much. I, I, I'm not saying it doesn't work, but I'm always like, ah, something feels out of place here. It's like seeing Thor. You kind of want to see a big Thor adventure in space or something. You don't mm. always want to see Thor, except for like some really good stuff with, that Straczynski wrote uh, about Thor hanging about in wherever the hell it was, Arkansas or some shit. Um, uh, Brockton, but, Oklahoma, I believe. Oklahoma, there we go. Love um, that you just pulled that out. Bum fuck so nowhere. Um, but basically, Broxton. I can't remember. Broxton. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's about mm. right. Yeah, but that's the point. It's like that stuff's always nice and cool, but it's more like a, a setting for it. I want this sort of mystical side of things. And mm. again, it, it's just a, a Doctor Strange comparison. Um, it's nice to see Doctor Strange in the real world, but what you really mm. want to see him is like do some weird shit. And for yeah. me, that's what I want with this specifically. I yeah. mean, I, I I like. I think there's an idea you touch on. Um, mm-hmm. the uh of the um like with Apollo at the beginning of like oh yeah the gods living in the world and still doing their stuff but in more of a modern interpretation yes. which Wonder Woman had already kind of done with Ares in the yep. first film yeah um do you picture Olympus as like it's a separate dimension it's a location on Earth. What is your vision for that? Yeah, it is a separate uh, existence. It's one of those classic hand wavy. 
It's just there. Like Asgard, it's a planet or a place? No, it's, or a it's thing that, or... I think that's the thing. I think Asgard is very explained, whereas this mm. is like, well, this exists on a cloud. It's like, mm. what do you mean on a cloud? <laughs> so, for example, um, the Olympians or, or the Pantheon of Gods mm. can see it almost all the time, but they just can't get there without certain means and blah, mm. blah, blah, blah. Uh, unless it's like, you know, royal blood takes them there or whatever happens mm. to be. Mm. But humans can't see it. Humans mm. can't experience it. Planes can fly through it and it's not existing in the same spectrum. So it's not like the idea of Themyscira where it's actually there and it's a physical bubble holding it, yeah. uh, 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 you know, shielded from the world. It's the idea that, no, this thing exists in the space between space kind of thing. Mm. It's, it's the full on, how does that work? Shh, magic. Because <laughs> um, it's gods and magic and, you know, those mm. who would have been if you go with a full Greek mythology, those who have had the touch or whatever been like, you know, a full-on Cassandra situation. Mm. It's like, yeah, they can see it. They go crazy because they see it, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, but it's not actually, I guess a dimension might be the right way of phrasing it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Cause I, yeah, I think, it, it, I think you could gain something by having it sit alongside the modern world a little bit more. You could do and that maybe, quite easily as a whole skyscraper be, kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe have it be like, it is in a specific place, but it is like, it's, you know, it's a step out of, phase with reality or whatever sure, so sure everyone else sees it as a ruin but it's actually this like huge i'm happy with that that whatever would be quite cool um, i'd have no problem with that tim yeah um because i think i think the those little elements i i feel like there's there's some interesting world building stuff you can do with there mm, um mm. and especially you can have a kind of contrast between the gods who have moved on and are connected to more closely connected to humanity because it seems like Apollo kind of is at home with the human world and Hermes certainly it seems so much of it he's neglecting his duties yes yeah and precisely. then you've got like Poseidon and Hades who are very much like old school gods who That's, have to be it, the American gods mindset the old game and like yeah we do this we do that yeah yeah precisely yeah. Yeah. um and I think that then makes for an interesting uh when at the end you've got Diana who's got a it, it speaks to her position as like does she belong in the ancient world does she belong in the modern world and that's it uh, yeah does she belong with the gods does she belong with humans mm -hmm. actually she's the thing that connects all of these things that's and it. that's her that's exactly it yeah in in the comics not spoil things thing Ares ain't dead mm. Ares is a huge part of the story yeah um so i've obviously had to go whoop, yeah and navigate around that but because uh, I, I love the design for Ares by Chang. It's an old bull dude with a beard. Hello. Um, it's, it's Brian Azzarello is what it is. Yeah, and he's... Yes, it's Brian Azzarello. It good point, yeah. But he's got no shoes on. He's in a white suit and the his feet are covered in blood and the blood's tracking up his Oh, yeah, trousers. I have seen it. So yeah. fucking cool. Very... Um, Not David Con Thewlis. Constantine... Uh, really is. Lucifer, Lucifer style, yeah. yeah. I love yeah. it, I love it. This Jack, film gives yeah. me a lot of Constantine vibes. Yeah, uh, yeah. The fact that you nearly put Constantine in there. So close. Who would you have had as Constantine? Is this the... Um, uh, I'd probably go Matt Ryan. Yeah, Matt Ryan. I like yeah. Matt Ryan as Constantine. I, think I love really Keanu good. Reeves, but yeah. I think for the connection it's of what's going on at the minute, it thing. makes more sense yeah. to do it this way. I'm trying to do stuff. presume Lennox is a supporting character in that run? He is in the run of the he comics, is. yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. And he's, again, he is a classic magician-y kind of dude. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but so he does... my, my thought was given that I, I, I don't know that run I'd be like yeah. hmm, throw a Jason Blood in here <laughs> I see that, yeah exactly it's that kind of that kind of vibe yeah, if you don't want to do a Constantine yeah uh, but in this case Lennox is in the comic and he does die and I thought to myself well, I don't want to kill a fucking John Constantine but I don't just hang around doing stuff so mm. ah, we'll stick with Lennox it's good and I think yeah. Rose Ball could do that quite well yeah, yeah. fair uh, 
wonder why you went with Fury as the title. Cause Rather than Blood? Or Guts, or oh, I've got them all here. Blood, oh, Guts, God. Iron War, Flesh, Bones, and War Torn. I like the volumes of each That's one crazy. has <laughs> one word associated with it. I would have thought like, I don't know, Blood and Gods, or like Gods mm-hmm. and, yeah. uh, there's already a Justice League mm. called Gods and Monsters, or something like that. Mm. Mm. Bloodline of the Gods, or something. Yeah, I mean, we've got Fury of the Gods coming up in Shazam 2 as yes. well. But like, yep, yep. I feel like Fury is a bit of a... Oh, there's, there's one reason why. There's only one reason why. So I was I wanted a one-word title like Blood, Guts, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. mm. I didn't want to do any of those because it's not the direct adaptation of those mm. comics. Sure. It's alluding to it, so it's that 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 mm. almost parallel tangential thing. But it is solely down to the amount of uh it is it's, it's an abbreviation of Hell Hath No Fury Like a Woman Scorned. And there are so many women who are scorned in this and pissed off the entire time. Okay. And that's where the fury mm. comes from. Is because I my brain immediately went to oh greek mythology the furies, the furies. oh yes yeah. no, that's um, fair that's fair which when it started i was like oh is that's is, what these three are i think yeah uh, or or the um uh denitre oh and, yeah yeah uh, i think yeah yeah mm-hmm. i wondered that's exactly if they what i thought too yeah. were that's fair tied into that um kind of yes kind of no but no it's, yeah. it's more just that that allusion to that basically mm. that's all it is i'm happy to have alternate suggestions i'm no mm. i'm not like completely married to something mm. like oh it has to be this it, it can't work if it's not yeah. this isn't there a animate wonder woman animated movie called fury there might or, be like a justice league fury or something that wouldn't oh, surprise me yeah yeah um yeah it's interesting you, you touched on the donna troy stuff there tim that's obviously the stuff that stands out to me the most as a person who's read the azarello and chang yes. run that's not in those comics. It's not. So that's an interesting. Yeah, I, I'm. I think it's interesting. I saw it coming. The, Den, the Denetre thing. I was like, hold on a yeah. minute. And I cast uh, pen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's an interesting one. I think. Obviously, I much prefer it to 1984, which mm. is well established. Because um, the Donatroy stuff comes from Wartorn. Yes, it does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right at the well, end. Not, not in the exact same way. Just the cauldron stuff. Um, Fury was uh, an ep- a story in the Justice League cartoon, ah, uh, yeah. the DC animated universe, which centered on Amazons. There we go. Oh, nice. Is that Justice League United Unlimited? Pre, pre Unlimited. Oh, pre Unlimited. So it's when yeah. they had the Justice League two cartoon. two episodes made up a single story. Yeah. yeah. Um, I bet you was... they had the exact same mindset I did with the whole taking a phrase from that <laughs> and made it into the yeah. thing. Uh, a rogue Amazon. Aresia recruits a new injustice gang in a scheme to wipe out the world's male population. Yeah. There you go. Nice. Cool. So you were saying? Yeah. Um, it, feel, it almost feels more like a Constantine story than a Wonder Woman story. Interesting. Interesting. It feels like such a tonal departure from the first movie. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I can, I can um, imagine that. I don't know. I don't know. I can't imagine how Petty Jenkins would shoot this stuff. Because it's almost like so mm-hmm. horror, not quite horror based, but that it's fantasy. Yeah, thing, the, yeah. Uh, the dark fantasy, whatever you want to call it, that kind sure, of stuff. Sure, sure, sure. And there's I a d- lot I... of like playing the gods off against one another, the way Constantine would do with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in a sim- in a similar way to 1984, it feels like there are long gaps of no action and Diana not really doing much. She's kind of wandering around and kind of interacting with some of the gods okay. and stuff, but. The plot is basically driven by the gods more so, and she's kind of yep. dragged along by the plot. She doesn't. You mentioned like agency there. She doesn't. To, to me, reading it, it didn't feel like she had that much agency, apart from certain points where she kind of has to 
Yes. Okay, I'm the god of war. I am this. I, you know. Mm. Yeah, it, it didn't feel much like a one. It does feel like Wonder Woman because I've read the Azarello stuff, but that was such a departure for me from the Wonder Woman. I've never been much of a Wonder Woman reader. That's sure. probably why I enjoy that run so much. But yeah, I don't know. There's there's a tonal thing there that's not just not quite clicking with me with Patty Jenkins. I don't know. I don't think I've seen a Patty Jenkins film outside of Wonder Woman. So right, right, right. what is there anything you can pull from that you think would equate to that like tonally and visually? Weirdly enough, yes and no. Because at the end of the day, uh, it's one of those classic like, I haven't seen it, therefore it can't exist. I'm not saying you're saying that, but you know what I mean? No, it's yeah. The, but it's the idea of like, I've already seen the significant shifts in tone of what she's done already so if we take for example 2003's monster and then 2017's wonder woman alone right there you're like that's two such disparate ones mm. monster by the way charlotte theron and um uh christine Ricci and other people yeah it's As the I- eileen warnos exactly based on a yeah. Story remarkably thing, yeah. dark and i'm not yeah. saying that's a dark drama it's not like a dark fancy sentence at all and one woman and wonder woman 1984 if you just take those three films alone that is such a disparate tone. It's the fact that she could do different things with it. In fact, she also has at her disposal, which you have to remember with all these big blockbuster productions, it's not just the director. So for example, Kate Shortland doing Black Widow, complete aside here, but yeah. um, Kate Shortland is an amazing director, very, very talented. Um, the big CGI action stuff is kind of just the Marvel Generic machine. Marvel stuff, yeah. 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 The drama is, and then the characters and the plots and the politics and the, the emotional investment, that's the director's stuff. Mm. And that's what Patty Jenkins is bringing to it more than the visuals of it. Because it's the, really where the DC engine comes into it. That's where you get the whole, oh, no, Aquaman is out now. They have the logistics to do this. She can guide the emotional side. And that's just really insulting because obviously, of course, she can do actions. Of course, she can do big CGI sequences to a degree. It's the idea that um, any support she would need AD's side or anything happens to be that side, she could definitely do it. And she has the capacity already, in my opinion, to do disparate things that I think in five, ten years' time would be like, yeah, of course she could. Because we could see exam- further mm. examples yeah. of that taking place. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. 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 I think, I think it, it kind of works because if you go back to Wonder Woman, the, mm. the, the, the shift in tone to 84, you've basically gone in the opposite direction. You're like, what if we keep the dark grit and stuff like that, mm. but we, we go for more of the kind of the, the, the dark fantasy stuff. Yeah. Whereas 84 goes, no, let's make her a bright superhero and a positive yes, figure. Yes, yes, Which is interesting because you said you like that I part liked it, of... I didn't of, want to go down the road myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I do agree with Jack. I, th- I do think Diana doesn't maybe have the strongest arc and, and feels a little bit like she's just standing around while other people do stuff. This is the biggest problem with Azarella's run in the comic. I agree. It is, yeah. the, it is the biggest attraction. And the frustration I had was I was trying to inject bits of it significantly more than it is in the comic, where she's actually like chooses things. She makes decisions. She's actively... She's basically pulled into the prophecy in the comics and it's just like... And then it happens Dragged to her. along by Zola and the whole thing for the ride yeah. in the comics. Mm. She does a bit of an Indiana Jones in a weird way. Yeah. Mm. And it's like, ah, I feel like this kind of would have gone this way anyway. So, almost. Bit mm. of a Fury Road, if you will. <laughs> but no, she, in this one, I've, I try to say, no, it's her plan to do certain things. Her decision makes this. She decides to go to... There's a little, little, little bits of agency. You're right, though. You are absolutely correct, because it is a flaw of Azarello's thing. But to keep parts of it intact, you end up... Or, or my, maybe the better phrasing would be my close 
hewing to the source material means I'm also in absorbing quite a few of the flaws. Yeah. So I could obviously yeah. think we could put that in there a bit more and put a bit more agency into her character and things like that. We could do other bits and pieces to do mm. to definitely try and offset that. I think you could maybe uh you could you could perhaps ease towards this by having a <laughs> Not not to turn this into a trilogy again, as we oh, do no. in our final, no. in our final again, uh, season episodes. Um, but you could maybe have this as the third film and have, oh, a, okay. have a film that perhaps reintroduces some of the gods and gets the idea of like, oh, they, they you know, you thought that Ares was the only one left. Turns out there's some other ones, maybe, you know, Hermes to get that relationship going as he spends a lot of time with her. Yeah. Um and Hermes is my one of my favorite characters from the comics. Mm. In that in that run he's fantastic yeah. and I agree. Gives her the power of flight through one of his feathers, which okay. is really cool. It's a really nice little moment where she kind of cuz this bear in mind in the comics this is the new 52 reboot. So yeah, so it, for those of you who don't know this is 2011 where DC went we are scrapping our entire legacy of comics and starting fresh, sort of. For some characters, it worked out really well. I <laughs> yes, yeah. And they so starting did. fresh, except for in all the places where we aren't. Yes, yeah. Starting yeah. fresh, and everything is completely new except Hello, Damian Wayne as Batman's son <laughs> and Robin. And like, were there other Robins? Yes, it's easy. There's a Nightwing <laughs> as well. He's been Batman for three years, and he's gone through five Robins. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They tried to do a big reboot ten years ago, basically. It was and a the, mess. And this was part of it. This was the Wonder Woman run mm. that happened from that. Uh, one of my favorite New 52 comics, because a lot of them were a big mess. Uh, mm -hmm. Interestingly, there's a lot of that kind of horror, dark fantasy stuff that worked really well. Like I Vampire is a really great um, oh, yeah, okay. series that comes out of that and, of, and a few other things. But yeah, there's this, I don't know, sense of, yeah, that kind of rebootiness to it. It feels like a fresh start for Diana in many ways, but... Well, let me talk about the character for a second. In the film, we've got Diana, Prince, Wonder Woman, uh, 2017, right? Uh, it's in the film 2017, Wonder Woman. And it's, a fla it's all flashback. It's all technically, it's not prequel, but it kind of is origin story yeah. stuff, right? Um, and then there's a hard reset. And then we see her in, well, we've already seen her in Batman v Superman. So she's had two or three introductions, and just introduced in Batman v Superman. What a weird fucking choice! And she's in. I, wa I watched that film with a friend of mine, mm. and she asked me who was the woman there, and I was like, oh, "That yeah. was Wonder Woman." Really? I'm like, yes. Yeah. They never say her name. <laughs> they just do. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Exactly. So you got that, and so Wonder Woman, Batman v Superman, and Justice League. All three kind like the Harley Quinn thing. We were kind of tracking back to earlier. All three feel like different iterations soft of the character. Reboots, They're soft yeah, reboots themselves. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about, the whole fixing the DCEU sort of thing. How, how do you go with what is currently established and makes it work? You can do bits and pieces. Of course, you have bits of continuity. But I think it's more about, right, this is the lane we're picking now. This is where we're going from here. When we do the firstborn story next, whatever it happens to be, that's where this is going to keep going. It, the Thor stories look a certain way. The Doctor Strange stories look a certain way. They don't fit with everything else because they don't have to. But when you see them cross over, they sort of set into that universe. That's how I see this going, basically. Um, and for me, it, it is, again, another uh, 
reaction to Wonder Woman 1984, where if the biggest problem is if it's muddled and it can't pick a lane, we're going to fucking pick one. And we're mm. going all the way down that road. That's, mm. the, that's the logic I'm bringing to it, yeah, basically. that makes sense. But equally, I don't know who else you could get other than Patty Jenkins. In terms of like who would actually be a justifiable reason to dethrone her. Oh, sure. Yeah, there's a I lot can't of think like, anyone. With the tone that you go for, there's plenty of directors you could do, but I don't think they would fit with Wonder Woman. They fit with the dark fantasy stuff. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. But like, take Guillermo del Toro, for example. I knew you said del Toro, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the, the visual style, what Chang brings with his designs. What's he going to do, like a Justice League dark at some point? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> dark universe, et cetera. Yes. Um, yeah, that kind of vibe where you've got the really creepy candle-headed Hades and giant fish yeah, and yeah. Poseidon mm. and all these like kind of weird, gothy, grotesque kind of mm -hmm. gods and demigods and all this kind of stuff. You can't get Guillermo del Toro to direct a Wonder Woman movie. That's yeah. just weird. <laughs> just yeah, inherently yeah. wrong. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I've not seen anything from Patty Jenkins that blows me away. Sure. I've not seen Monster to my monster's stunning yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. um she has done a fair like she's directed episodes of the killing and yes. she did the mini series with chris pine called something like we own the night i think yep. it was again so. like quite a gritty noiry thing so mm, I, okay. I i can see her tapping into some darker stuff whether she can handle like the fantasy stuff again you've got a whole pre-production production design yeah uh, i think that to, there, to there are too many occasions stuff. whereby we say with the director oh i couldn't see them doing it unfortunately nothing's coming to mind in a minute it's really frustrating me um but it's like who would have thought this director made this amazing movie yeah so, oh, yeah there's plenty of those yeah, and yeah. I, I feel like she has it in her to do that and again mm. she's currently in theory again i mean as i know the star wars stuff She's doing a Rogue Squadron film, which again is a big bombastic science fiction movie, a big mm, you know yeah. space opera thing. It's like, well, is that as big a leap from Wonder Woman and '84 to that science fiction mm. story as it could be to fancy? Surely it's the same. It's a tonal shift, mm. and it's a different type of filming in terms of the graphics, visual effects, and practical effects. I and mean, that's what I do as well. I think I'd like to think most of it would be practical effects and things yeah, like that. Yeah, that was so, my thinking as well. Yeah, yeah. so hence the Del Toro kind of exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. shit like that. I mean, there might be a better director to do it, but in yeah. terms of being realistic, I don't see any reason why one Warner Brothers would let anyone do it other than Patty Jenkins. I mm. totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, th I think Jenkins is the right decision. I I think maybe you just need to ease back on it slightly mm -hmm. to allow her to make that transition rather than sort of the huge leap. No, I get it. I get to, it. To, 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 to the metal balls to the wall. Yeah. 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 I, I, I mean, I definitely like that you, you pick a lane and you identify like this is what Wonder Woman's going to be. It's going to mm. be these mythological stories. It's going to be, you know, the, this kind of stuff. I think that works. Um, I think... It just maybe needs to be a little bit more straightforward for the first film that takes that particular approach to go from like, mm. there's one Greek god and he doesn't really show up until the end in his Greek god form to then like, yeah. here's an entire pantheon. Because, um, mm. you know, even even with the Thor films, we've never really like properly, we've got Thor and Loki and Odin and that's about it. Um, they've never gone. They've never gone. Here's Baldur the Brave. And oh, his, that. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Sorry, yeah. and stuff like that. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah, no. I mean, I I think obviously better than eighty four. 
um mm. and i would be i would be really interested to see this wonder woman film yeah. um so i think it it's it's a good fix in that regard cool um, cool again it's it's it is a sense of like it's it's an absolute uh handbrake turn yes dramatically different yeah. <laughs> but very much intentionally so um and my hope is that it would be and again, I think uh, this again I want to get across because obviously I know the pitch sounds very dark. Visually and maybe tonally, it wouldn't go completely Del Toro. Mm. With I feel we're going more sort of Percy Jackson kind of feel. Yeah, that yeah. sort of like adventure vibe, a bit fucking you know Clash of the Titans as as in eighties yeah. Clash of the Titans, not you know not modern day. Fuck yeah. no. Um, <laughs> but that kind of ilk, as opposed mm. to a this is going to fucking terrify the kids, mm. that kind of thing. So, you know what I mean? So, yes. Here's a thing I would maybe do. Go ahead. That I think would make it, it would tie it back into the first film more. I think it would make more of a visual consistency. Mm-hmm. Is... Set in 1984. <laughs> Set it in 1984. <gasps> We've cracked uh, it. Uh, when the gods start showing back up, because the, the prophecy yes, you yes. know has, has come into fruition... You have Olympus appear above Themyscira. Oh, oh, interesting! Very interesting. And you yeah. can have the the Amazons more involved a little bit there. Yeah, no, okay, okay. And yeah, yeah. yeah, you can have, and that that way you can also tie it into Diana going home and again feeling torn between different worlds and stuff mm. like that. Yeah, um, I like that. And you can you can use some of the visual stylings of Themyscira. You can bring those characters back in reacting to stuff but also you know mm. they're they're very much like well it's the gods we do not like we're don't mess with we're that. not we're yeah. not re we're not in a position to mess with them but we can yeah. see it happening yeah. above our yeah because we've already had the whole like do we tell diana fuck her mm. she doesn't count yeah because she's you know she doesn't really belong or doesn't want yeah. but want it anyway yeah and it's like yeah we don't mess with as you say you don't mess with that this is this is an all different thing we're powerful we're warriors we're capable this is another thing entirely. Yeah. I like that, Tim. I have no problem with yeah. that personally. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, listeners, let us know what you thought of Matt's Wonder Woman Fury pitch. Let us know what you thought of Wonder Woman 1984 as well. I'm sure we'll get some nutters who like that movie like Matthew does. Eh. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to get a lot, um, a lot of shit for a lot of reasons on the Discord, I think, for um, all kinds of reasons. I mean, that's guaranteed with every time that we, happens anyway. we make an episode. If you'd like to join the Discord, if you'd like to find us on social media, you can go to sequelizers.com. There's the links for absolutely everything, whether that's the plays of all of our live streams, whether that's all the previous episodes over the last five and a bit years. Yeah. Basically, everything for Sequelizers is available in one convenient place. There's also the shop for all of our merch. We've got merch coming very soon. We've got the t-shirts now. They are officially printed. We will be releasing them soon once we're ready to. Uh, once we've got logistics of actually being able to post the bloody things and all that kind of yeah. stuff, we will get that sorted very soon. We've got some Patreon exclusive stuff coming up. And of course, the interseason kicks off next week as well. Very excitingly. Starting off with, of course, a sequel you'd like to see. Mm. Yeah. Back to the 80s. Mm, there you go. There's a little tease for next week. Listeners. I love that. It's like, that's a tease. And like, Can we there's fuck so many fucking anyway. films. <laughs> Of course, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and all that kind of stuff, I am JLW Chambers across the internet. Matthew, how can people follow you on the internet? Stogs, S-T-O-G-H-Z. You can go to the Red Right Hand or Cody K. Read my reviews. You can go to cheesemint.com and see the films that I make. You can also look for Sumo Drop on the BBG Wrestling 
site and see all my sumo drop. Uh, sorry, sorry, my sumo wrestling coverage. Uh, Tim, um, let's see here. Good segue for Tim. Nope. Tim, if I wanted to make a wish, oh. where could I send it? Uh, you'd have to uh, rub my tummy and then send a tweet to me at trivia underscore lad. I, I throw no, a shitty won't. ball every time and Tim catches it perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Without yeah. It. Tim yeah. turns your shit into not shit. Yeah. Into copper or silver. <laughs> not quite gold. <laughs> no, not quite gold. Gold's Mostly because of metal. A, semi, a semi-precious metal. Yeah, gold, yeah, yeah. Gold's worth nothing these days. Yeah. Silver's where it's at. That's Tin, true. maybe. Yeah. Silver, uh, conductivity. Mm. Yes. Trivia underscore lad on Twitter is the best place to find me online uh, for my musings and retweets that Maybe they are endorsements. I don't know. <laughs> I think most retweets are endorsements for the record. It is in some capacity. Yeah, it often is. But yes, please do go and follow us on all the social media stuff. If you can, support us on Patreon and patreon.com slash The links for all this stuff are in the show notes, as they always are. And that's it for season 10. Damn. 10 seasons, over 100 fixes, more than a million listens. Mm-hmm. On to the end of season. And then on to season 11. The wheel never stops turning. The wheel never stops turning here at Sequelizers. Until then, (laughs) thank you very much for listening. Thank you if you have listened throughout season 10. And we hope you carry on listening beyond into the end season. Have a lovely week. And I'll see you next week. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.